Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining us on another Tuesday night. This is Tuesday Night Titans, episode number 29 for your Tuesday, January 9th, 2024. I'm your host, JD, from New York. As always, joined by my co-host and very good friend on Tuesday nights, Mr. Andrew Baydala. What is going on, man? Holy shit, what happened on Twitter, man? What's up, everybody? Is everybody all right? Everybody having a meltdown? Uh, everybody's having a meltdown, man. Listen, I have a question, bro. Who the fuck is Hook? Yeah, who the f- <laughs> young punk trying to make a name for himself? That son of a bitch. Oh, man. I wonder what Taz was thinking, man, when he saw that tweet. Holy shit. I, you know, like, again, here's the deal. Why, why are people misconstruing and, like, not understanding what Tony Khan does? I just don't get it. Like, he's done this a hundred times, and we pretend like it's not something that's the norm for him. Does it work? Is it something that I would do? Maybe not, but Tony seems to keep doing this. So why is this, like, special all of a sudden? Why does this shock you guys? I don't get it. I, I don't know. And, and what uh, what Drew is uh, alluding to is USA Network mocked AEW and Tony Khan. Tony Khan fired back at a jab at WWE, Jinder Mahal, Seth Rollins, and what happened on Monday Night Raw last night. Yeah. We'll get into all that. I got everything documented. It literally happened as I awoken from my nap this afternoon, ordered Uber Eats, ordered Chipotle, and before I even sat down and ate my burrito, there was a, a fucking hellstorm on social my, media. My burrito. Somebody said I look different while well, I used Manscaped this afternoon. So there you that's go. why I look different. So I shaved. I know. I look like a little kid. Not only my uh, my thing, but I shaved. I got a big week ahead of me. I'm going to Tampa to film a football documentary. I'm uh, going to partake in a tournament as well. And, uh, yeah, so I clean myself up a little bit. Don't hate it. I still look good. Hey, listen, man, it's, uh, you, you look professional enough where you don't have to uh, uh, gloat about your credentials for the Royal Rumble. Huh? Ah, I'm just going <laughs> to drink my espresso on that one. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into... Everything that you expect from us tonight, please follow us on social media at JD from NY206, X, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo, same thing for Drew, at Andrew Baydala on X. Make sure you guys go check him out. He's always tweeting something worth your time and giving you the deal in real time. So uh-huh. make sure you guys that go and nice. do that. Yeah. That was nice. There you go. Um, and please make sure you guys go hit that thumbs up. We'd love a thousand likes minimum. Please hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications and all that good shit. Super chats are open. They will be read at the end of the podcast. So thank you guys for that. Get them on in. We'll acknowledge you later on this evening. We might as well start with uh, the hot topic here. USA Network mocks Tony Khan. Tony Khan fired back about Jinder Mahal getting a championship match, not winning a WWE match in more than a year. So... How it all started, Tony Khan took a shot at the individual who runs the USA Network account on X. Nobody knows who this is. In response to something that was posted last night after it was announced that Jinder Mahal 
would be challenging Seth Rollins for the World's Heavyweight Championship next Monday night on Raw. Now, Raj Geary, we love Raj, he pointed out that Rollins and Mahal have a history since Rollins defeated Mahal to become the first ever NXT champion. The USA Network account chimed in and asked Raj, and I quote, what was the cage match rating? End quote. Now, Cage Match is a website that Tony Khan uses to gauge the feeling from the fans. It's definitely a Mark crowd over there. Gauge the feeling of how he is going about the AEW product. It's they rate they rate it and base it on a score. So he takes a lot of what the fans take into consideration as he books week to week television. Now, many on social media saw this as a shot at AEW and Tony Khan, who has cited CageMatch.net. User ratings in the past, when talking about great AEW matches, the USA Network account is believed to be run by a USA Network employee. Nobody knows who that is, but clearly they're on top of what's going on in and around WWE and pro wrestling on X. So Tony Khan saw this tweet, and this is where things got started. And uh, we'll, we'll take it step by step here, because I know Drew's got a lot to say about this, as do I. It's a great television show, by the way, from the 90s, step by step. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was uh, That and Boy Meets World were my favorite TGIF shows. Who didn't love TGIF? Family Matters, uh, Boy Meets World, Sister, Sister, all that. It was good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, fun fact, I always wanted hair like uh, like Roger Strong, Sean Hunter on uh, on Boy Meets World. and uh, Me too, brother. Sadly, I- I'm losing mine, so it is what it well, is. Well, I've lost mine, so welcome <laughs> to the club. I mean, don't get me wrong. It grows, but I'm not one of those guys who does things like five or 10%. So when I had about like 20% of my hair, 30% of my hair, I was like, nah, we're getting rid of all of it. I do things 110%. Yeah. I'm, uh, I've been told to do that same thing with mine, but I can't pull the trigger on it. I'm not there yet, but I mean, sooner or later I'll be there to each their own. You got to be comfortable in your own skin. I urge everybody to be comfortable in your own skin. There you go. Tony Khan's comfortable in his own skin. He said this, and I quote on social media, a moral victory for the USA Network is one win more than their world title challenger, Jinder Mahal, has in the past 364 days. Because it's been literally a full year since he won a match. You really put AEW in our place, getting Jinder Mahal in a big match on your TV show. You should do it more often. Then he follows this up and says, a double standard from the people in the IWC. Hook has a 28-1 career record on a winning streak, calls out the champ, a logical challenge, sparks online rage or outrage. Jinder has literally lost every single match he's been in for the past year, immediately gets a title shot. Where is the rage? And then he promotes AEW Dynamite tomorrow on TBS. So there you have it. USA Network and Tony Khan are feuding on social media, and uh, everybody's just losing their minds over what well, happened here. So I'll, I'll, I'll stop here, Drew. I know you got a lot to say, so please indulge us in what the fuck is going on here. Well, we we do things the right way here on TNT. Have since day one. We don't talk. Um, we don't you know spread lies. So I will say this: Fox fired the first shot. Fox fired the first shot. We got speaking of shots, we got a hundred dollar bomb that just came through. But Fox fired the first shot to Tony about the Jacksonville Jaguars missing the playoffs. I think that's might have what riled him up. Uh, that's I see. I didn't know that because I don't really follow the NFL. So I'm a uh, I, I'm, I'm a, and Drew is a big football guy. So uh, I mean, if I'm Tony Khan and I'm uh, owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously that's going to fucking piss me off. So I don't really, yeah. I don't really blame him in that. I mean, they had a. They, I thought they were having a good season, and, and they're an upstart team. They're they're uh, they're a young team. I'm sure they'll get their shit together, and they will be in the playoffs and maybe make a run for the Super Bowl at some points. But but yeah, I mean that would rile. Me up as well, but 
As far as what Tony Khan said here about Jinder Mahal, Drew, I, I mean, he, he's not wrong. All right, we can we can sit here and cite that, oh, you Tony Khan should be a professional and a CEO and all this other shit that we have discussed before in the past. Yes, it's not the attitude and the behavior of someone who should be running his company, should take on social media, and he should go about worrying about what AEW needs to do instead of what WWE is doing on Monday Night Raw. All right, hold up. Hold up. I want to say that there is a massive playoff game for the NFL on Monday night that WWE has to have direct competition with. WWE just got finished dealing with another massive football game, uh, the national championship between Michigan and Washington that just happened last night. So I think a lot of people are forgetting some things. They put some other matches on that card. There's a world championship match. We're a couple weeks away from the Royal Rumble. There's a man with a briefcase kind of lingering. Could this match with Jinder get the internet wrestling community and some other buzz here about maybe Damian Priest cashing in because they can't just say, hey, you might want to tune into Raw because you never know when that Mr. Money in the Bank is going to cash in. This is WWE doing right by potential viewership because they don't want to just sit back and announce, hey, you guys might want not you know, miss Monday Night Raw because you never know. Jinder might cash in because that gives it away. Yeah. Gives it away. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's always a possibility and, and a big narrative going into the Royal Rumble for sure with Damian Priest and that money in the bank. Uh, but, you know, we could sit here and cite that Tony Khan's behavior is not something that a boss should be doing. Uh, it's been cited several times within the company that maybe he should have his phone taken away. He should stay off social media, this and that. Tony Khan is going to do what Tony Khan is going to do, and Tony Khan is going to say what he what he needs to say. And, you know, the one thing that I appreciate, and this is not me, you know, uh, nut-hugging Tony Khan, but the one, the, the one thing that I appreciate about TK is that, you know, he's very similar to how I operate. When I see something I don't like, I react. And, and that's you what he does. He wears, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve, and you know exactly what he's thinking in the time that he's thinking, and he doesn't hold any punches. I appreciate him in that aspect because a lot of people don't really do that, and I, I kind of like that in a person. Secondly, you know, outside of all the he shouldn't do that, is he wrong? He's not wrong. You know, and, and he's got a gripe with whatever was said about him on social media. You know, we sit here and, and we almost forget, Drew, that Eric Bischoff almost on a weekly basis called out Vince McMahon and battled WWE during the Attitude Era and did a, a ton worse than what Tony Khan is doing on social media. It's almost as if fans forgot to have fun with social media and they always go and think, Oh my God, it's the end of the world for AEW. How can he do that? Tony Khan should be fired and he needs to be removed and he should get off social media. I'm like, but Bischoff was on live television calling out Vince McMahon. We had fucking tanks driving to arenas with, with, with both companies battling each other, calling each other out. I mean, where's the fun? Where's the fun? Well, it's, there's, you can't have fun anymore. You know that everyone's got to be PC and business and all this other stuff. And realistically, you know, again, here's the deal. Um, if social media was around with Bischoff and Vince, who I don't know. I don't know. That would have been interesting to see. But I will say this. I mean, what is, you know, you know, Tony, you know, the whole that guy is one of us, all that other stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's that's good and well. Um, but I do believe that Tony is looking to get dynamite trending and realistically homecoming for them. They're going to have a sold out crowd. It looks like at Daly's place in Jacksonville. I love that building. Uh, they want some viewership. 
Adam Copeland's wrestling in a meaningless eight man tag, but it's not meaningless because, you know, he's on the card and stuff like that. So it's a it stings wrestling. And now, you know, the continuation, I mean, we're going to hear from Joe. So is Joe going to talk about what hook said and why you guys gripe about everything. Oh, AEW doesn't build anybody. They don't tell stories. Now we got this 24 year old kid calling out the champion. We all know Hook's going to get his ass beat. Not going to win the world championship, but it's a step in the right direction. Let some of these younger talents get up the card, have a world title shot. I mean, there were times on Dynamite when some jabroni from Dark, who was undefeated, got a world championship at Kenny Omega. And we all knew the outcome wasn't going to be a, a victory for said jabroni. But, you know, that's how they'd view things. I think the wins and losses in professional wrestling mattering that much are asinine. But... Wins and losses do matter, but they don't matter to the effect of like professional sports does. So, but again, what is Tony supposed to do? Hey, don't watch your shit. It sucks. You know, you, you made a good point about Hook. You know, Hook is somebody that a lot of people have taken a liking to. I can tell you right now, and this is 100% factual information, uh, people in the company are, are concerned sometimes when a youngster like Hook gets an opportunity, has it taken away from him, he takes a seat on the back burner, and then it takes a while for him to get back in the spotlight again after being featured so heavily. And now Hook is getting a championship match against Samoa Joe, who just beat the longest reigning world champion in company history, and you have a problem with Hook, who went 28-1. and Yes, you could sit there and, and claim that Hook's beaten jobbers and nobodies and this and that, but if Tony Khan wants to take 28 wins and put it up on a fucking pedestal, then let him do that. You know, we've asked for more sports presentation. Tony's giving us more of a sports presentation. Seemingly looks like Tony Khan can't win when he's delivering on all of the wants and desires from his own fucking fan base. And when he does it, there's still a fucking problem. Right, but what do you guys want? I'm confused. You want Swerve in this match against Joe? So what, Joe could lose or Swerve could lose? Who said that? Or no, I'm just saying, like, well, who do you want Joe's first title defense to be against? You want it to be against Swerve? Or you want it to be against Hangman Page, where there's a, a real possibility that this, this rain that we just got from Joe after he just knocked off the most dominant AEW world champion since Kenny Omega? Like, that's what we want to do? No. All right. So we get Hook in a program. It's good for Hook. Visibility on Hook. We can see what the kids got against the world champion, the best in the business for AEW. And... You know, I don't think Hook's going to get squashed. You know, you got a guy like Joe who wrestles almost like his dad, Taz, not Joe's dad, Hook's dad, like Taz. Um, but obviously Joe's bigger and all that other stuff, and you're blending those two together. I'm here for that match. I've always enjoyed Hook. And I don't enjoy Hook because he's a Long Island guy and because I grew up, you know, loving watching Taz just be something different in the wrestling world. I enjoy Hook because he's unique. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. 
How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, there's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I enjoy Abaddon because she's unique. Wrestling is about the stories. It is not another $100 bomb. Love it here. Uh, it is not about who you like. It is not about your personal opinion, truthfully, because there's some guys and girls that I, just not for me, but that doesn't mean that they're not for the masses. Wrestling is a for, it's for the masses. It's not just for mine and JD's taste. Now, just because I come on here and talk and I'm knowledgeable, and everything else like that, like, I, you got people on social media, you have people on these channels, YouTube, everything else, uh, dissecting a wrestling match and handing out five-star, you know, ratings and all this other stuff when none of them have taken a bump. It's asinine. <laughs> I'm not, it's asinine. I'm not going to sit here and critique a man's work ethic I've, or a work rate. I've been in a ring. I've taken bumps, but that does not qualify me as a main event superstar. Listen, man, we, 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 can't, we, can't, we can't, we can't, we can't critique anything until we get Bret Hart on the telephone. Okay. But I'm just saying like <laughs> we just, for people to sit back and be like, yeah, I wish he went left when he went right there. Shut. What? What? This was too much for me. Oh, it's too much for you because you've done this. You've put together a match. You can't, if you're going to come on here and critique something, critique it. But don't critique the work rate of these guys and girls because realistically, you don't know what it's like to put together a match and you've never done it. Just because you've watched something for 35 years doesn't mean you're an expert. I've watched football my whole life. The NFL's not calling my phone. All right, well, listen, uh, you know, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, you, me, and everybody else that does this fucking thing on here shouldn't be critiquing moves and, and whatnot, right. you know. I'll call it out if it doesn't look good, or or, or oh, if the match or if the match was bad. Like I like sure. I, you and me know a good match from a bad match. I mean, sure. so some critiques go way too far. I don't think we go that far. No, but but at the end of the day, with, with what Tony Khan did here, before we get into what else was said, because then he went back and forth with Bischoff, and Tony Khan, at the end of the day, you know he's got his own problems, Drew. You know he's critiquing something that WWE is doing here with Rollins and Mahal. And I want to be fair to both sides. 
Tony is right in what he said, but he's also got no room to critique because what he's what he's calling out, you know, on social media, he's very he's very guilty of. And, and I've called it out way too many fucking times. Putting random matches on TV. How many fucking random matches has Orange Cassidy had with the international championship? He's just now doing it with Eddie Kingston and the Continental title. We saw our fatal four-way on Dynamite where none of them deserved an opportunity to go after Eddie Kingston. It's like, what the fuck did they do to win an opportunity to get to Eddie Kingston? Why are they in this match? So Tony Khan is very guilty of doing the same thing that he's critiquing Seth Rollins, Triple H, Jinder Mahal, and WWE for. So he yeah. doesn't really have much room to talk, but at the end of the day, is he wrong? No, he's not. No, but, but I think Tony does this on purpose because here's the thing. No one's talking about Dynamite from Daly's place. Nobody. Nobody is talking about well, that. Well, they'll be talking you know, about it if Mercedes debuts tomorrow. Well, for sure, and that would be awesome. I think like that place is really special where they held a lot of shows in the pandemic. It was all of them basically. And it was where CM Punk, when he was with the company said that he wanted to, you know, be in that building and everything else like that. I, that building has a lot of significant special meaning and it should be, you know, uh, booked that way. But I will say that nobody's talking about AAW and maybe this is a way just going to sit here. Maybe this is a way that Tony uh, is diverting attention from the possibility of Mercedes debuting on Wednesday. Maybe he's trying to get everybody talking about something else. I, you know, I don't think Tony is this much of a moron like the people make him out to be. He's not a moron at all. But I'm saying the way that social media and everybody else, you know, uh, perceives this man is like, oh, he's a mark. He's this. He's that. Listen, Tony does things with a purpose. He's a billionaire for a reason. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, he's father. OK, that, fine. Dad gave him some money. But, you know, Tony's not a moron, guys. And I think he's trying to get his product talked about because really nobody's talking about Wednesday night live from Daly's place. Nobody. Everyone's talking about. The Rock, where he's going to wrestle. They're talking about CM Punk in the Royal Rumble, and they're talking about Mercedes possibly showing up in WWE or AEW. No one's talking about his programming on Wednesday. You know, it'll, you know that that is factual. That is 100% true. Uh, AEW right now, and this is something that not only me and Drew worried about, but everybody really worried about. Where was AEW going to go with the Devil storyline, and where were they going to follow You know, after that? Nobody really knows. They got nothing. After the Continental Classic, they got nothing. After the Devil Reveal, now MJF is supposedly going to be out for a while. Nobody knows where, the, where they're going with any of this. So right now, they are cold, and they don't have a storyline to carry their television outside Christian Cage and Adam Copeland, which is great stuff. But, you know, you, you can sit there and say that about Tony Khan, and I agree with what you said. He's trying to get people to talk about Dynamite. And the one part I do agree on that is he would have never mentioned Hook at all. Hook is not on social media. He's a fucking tweet or, or anything on social media. No but tweets he, but he, whatsoever. But he, but he did directly mention Hook. So if you guys really want to deep dive and fucking go into this thinking about, you know, dissecting what Tony Khan said, he mentioned Hook and he added Hook specifically. He was selling dynamite while also at the same time trying to get one back at the fucking people that made fun of him the last 48 hours. So... Like Drew said, it's all about a business, you know, mindset. And, and like Drew always says on here, you know, Triple H, Nick Khan, they play chess, they don't play checkers. Tony Khan right now, I don't know what the fuck game he was playing, but he was playing something, and he tried to get people talking about Wednesday night because he specifically mentioned Hook. I think there's, it's two sides, right? I think Tony has um, some meaning towards his tweet. Like, you guys give these fuckers a break, but you won't even cut me a little bit of slack. And he's also like, hey, tune into Dynamite on Wednesday. Because I know yeah. if I go look, Real quick, let's just see. I'm going to go look at Tony's 
bring this up so I can just, I'm going to break this down for you. Almost like I'm a teacher at school here. Um, where are we here? Bah, 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 bah. Five hours ago. And that shit bothers him though. You know, he's like, oh, you guys want to make Four. fun of me about this, but I'm going to call you out on this because it's the same thing. 4.5 million impressions on X. His last tweet before this basically say, hey, five years ago, and then we're going to be at Daily's Place, 215,000. 4.5 million, <laughs> 215,000. Then his next tweet, which was directed at USA Network, is 2.1 million. We're looking at 6.6 .6 million impressions. And then two hours ago, just mess around with good old easy Eric Bischoff, 293,000. Tony knows how to get the people going. He's not a moron. So what he did is he got 7 million impressions talking about how it's okay for WWE, but it's not okay for us. And, uh, hey, you want to know what? Tune in to Dynamite. Got to give the man some credit. He knows how to stir the pot. It gets the people going. And I thank him because we have something to talk about here on TNT. So thank you, TK. Absolutely. You know, is it uh, is it behavior that a CEO, a boss should be taking? Is it, something that, is it something that his roster should look at as like, yeah, Tony Khan, he's, he's a rebel. It's like, no. It's, sometimes it looks like he's an embarrassment. Sometimes he says a little bit too much. Maybe they should let the product speak for itself. But listen, you know, Tony Khan only has... He only has a good good meaning in his heart, and that's exactly what he was doing in the time of this tweet. Is he wrong? You could say he's wrong, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you are wrong if you think that, but he certainly isn't wrong when describing what WWE did with Jinder Mahal and Seth Rollins. I mean, we got people out here saying that this is WWE booking Seth Rollins as a strong champion. Sure, but Jinder Mahal, Jinder Mahal hasn't been on TV in a year, why are we giving out championship matches like they're fucking candy at the candy store? Nobody should be just getting championship matches. Oh, but Seth Rollins is a babyface, blah, blah, blah. Stop making excuses for terrible creative. I said this for years. Jinder, people are thinking that this is long-term storytelling. Why? Because yeah. Jinder Mahal and Seth Rollins wrestled 10 years ago for the NXT fucking title? Stop <laughs> using long-term booking as a fucking crutch for you thinking that you know what you're talking about because you're a fucking clueless mark. It's not long-term booking. It's a happenstance, and it's a yeah. throwback. It's not long-term booking. Stop. My my funny, The funniest comparison I've seen recently is like, yo, when Roman Reigns and Punk lock up, they did this at Raw Homecoming, Retro Raw, with Piper. They were in Portland. I think Punk and when Roman Reigns lock up, that's like 10 years of story. Shut up. You think that it's not this reiteration. It's not this version of Roman Reigns. That was the shield version of Roman Reigns. And the two guys they thought were going to be bigger than Roman Reigns turned out not to be bigger than Roman Reigns. So uh, yeah, like the, well, they did this for the NXT championship. Said, Nobody that no, <laughs> no, no. And he, I don't and even I remember the fucking match, man. Who remembers either. it? Either. And I want to touch on what JD just said here. He said that, you know, is it something that, you know, he should be doing as a business, you know, professional, as an owner? Would I take this approach? No, I would never let you know. I want you to know this. I would never let you know that I, I'm watching your shit that thoroughly. I would never do it. Yeah. And I would never tweet something like this because I don't give a shit what you're doing. I got to focus on my stuff. I got to focus on all these things that I'm trying to put together. I got to focus on all that because you want to know what? I don't have time. Truthfully, I have no time to worry about what you guys are doing because you guys are light years ahead of me. Light years. It's ridiculous. They said the same thing about Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns too, by the way, when Rollins wrestled Reigns at the Royal Rumble. Oh, it's long-term booking. No, it's not. They haven't, they haven't crossed paths in four fucking years. They only did it because Roman Reigns needed a fucking opponent. They're doing this because Rollins needs an opponent. And like Drew said, money in the bank may be cashed on Monday, and we're all, we're all forget about Jinder Mahal anyway because it was a nothing match to begin with. So well, it's like... 
let's just say punk costs. I'm just giving you a scenario. I'm not yep. saying this is going to happen. Let's just say punk costs Seth the championship on Monday and the whole internet is a buzz because WWE is going to need something for that playoff game. I'm not saying they go this route. I'm just saying punk costs Seth the championship on the road to WrestleMania. Gender wins. And then all of a sudden, and it's a beat down, all this other stuff. And Damian Priest cashes in, wins the championship. Because Nor Priest has declared his eligibility for the Rumble, and Seth doesn't have a goddamn opponent. So what are we doing here? And Drew McIntyre sitting right there. Didn't Drew announce himself for the Rumble? Yes. Okay, so Seth doesn't have an opponent at the Rumble, guys. And it's not. I don't think the World Heavyweight Championship is going to be off the show. I think we really need to pay so, attention to some devil in the details. Here. We we may we may be looking at a, a, a Adam Copeland Edge situation. Against John Cena at the Royal Rumble. Remember when he cashed in at New Year's Revolution all those years ago? He beat John Cena. They got the rematch at the Royal Rumble. John Cena wins yeah. it. Edge had, a, what, a three-week reign. We may be looking at that for Damian Priest. Damian Priest may be holding the world championship for about two weeks before Rollins gets saying. it back again. I'm just saying they need a little jolt for Rollins. They didn't want to pull Rollins and Punk at the Rumble. I get that. They put Drew McIntyre, CM Punk, Cody Rhodes. They have nothing yet for... Um, Priest and or Balor, who I believe are fighting each other at WrestleMania, if not in a singles, maybe a tag with the other members of Judgment Day. But I think jump, uh, Judgment Day is imploding. And at WrestleMania, we either get the singles or the tag match. We got to get there. And that brief, that briefcase has got to come off Priest. So if they're not going to do the screw job with the briefcase where the thing's not in the, the briefcase because of uh, Finn and JD, how do we get there? They've also slowly inserted truth into this thing. And if you look at Damian Priest's tweets, he's like, this one got me. And Rhea doesn't like the fact that truth's around, but Priest does. There's a lot of little things that Triple H and all these booking guys do and girls that you guys don't pick up on because you're so focused. You have tunnel vision yeah. on some other things. Truthfully, they what is Rollins doing at the Rumble? He's the world champion. We were we were talking about maybe McIntyre. That's now out it's of the done. question because McIntyre announced himself for the Royal Rumble. So we may be looking at a Damian Priest versus Seth Rollins match at the Royal Rumble with it being the primary reason or direction for the Judgment Day, uh, them being imploded even further. So, you know, it, it's all, you know, they're, 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 and that's what Triple H does. He weaves in a couple of different storylines all, all together at the same time and mixes them in together. So we may be looking at a situation like that because like Drew said, what is, what is Rollins going to, you going to leave him off the Royal Rumble? And Not if really. Rollins doesn't doesn't lose the championship at the Rumble, or excuse me, on Raw, who does Rollins face at the Rumble? We got Drew in. They're just gonna run it back with Jinder because the internet would love that, right? No, no, I don't. I don't want to see that. So then what is, no one's answered me this. And I'm not talking about you. I've asked other, what is Seth doing at the Rumble? Nobody seems to know. I think that's alarming. Yeah, it's very alarming. Uh, Tony Khan, he said what he said. One fan replied to Tony Khan saying, Tony forgets that he literally gave Abaddon a title shot after being off AWTV for over a year. The same exact situation as gender. Eric Bischoff chimed in and he's been very vocal about Tony Khan uh, very often himself. He replied, is this true, Tony, or is this another one of your bots? Uh, Tony Khan replied, reading is your friend, Eric. No, not true at all. Abaddon returned to AEW. Then they won a fatal four-way match on TNT against other great wrestlers to earn a title shot, which is completely different than someone going a full year, losing every match they're in, plus getting a title shot without a single win. Eric then replied, oh, kid, my reading comprehension skills are wizard-like. By the way, that was one of Dave Meltzer's wicked comebacks whenever he'd get called out on his bullshit. 
Coincidence or are you really that deep? Meltzer saw this and he said to Eric Bischoff, sorry, I prepped you for that Landsberg interview where you made the claim about how you averaged 5,400 tickets sold the prior year and bragged about it. The guy didn't have Hogan, Flair, Savage, or Piper and has double the ticket sales and equaled your number. One of us actually studies numbers. The other calls names because he can't remember nor has any research capabilities. I don't know what's going on here tonight, man. Then Mahal gets involved. He hasn't tweeted in over a year. He's like, who the fuck is Hook? Taz joins in. He's Hook in capital letters. I mean, it was just all over the place, man. It's like, I, I know we were starving for a little content because it's pretty slow until the Royal Rumble, but this is not really the type of comment, uh, content that I want to dive into, honestly. I would just rather it uh, be good for WWE and good for AEW. Well, I mean, but it's it is content, and I agree with you. Yeah, it just seems like when everything's calm, uh, somebody drops you know a giant boulder in the ocean. So I mean, I I I get it. Um, Eric just tweeted about 13 minutes ago. Somebody uh, tweeted at him and said, "Big difference. I took my shots head to head. No spin, no dirt sheet, internet ranking system. Just real competition. Not from the sidelines. Constantly crying foul whenever he needs attention." Eric, I, listen, I I have always enjoyed your perspective on the business. You're one of the few people who I sit back and I absorb from um, you, Dave hero and some others that I'm not going to name on here. Cause I'm not going to name drop, but even though I dropped two, um, I, I just, I, I think this is like very thin line. You're walking um, from my perspective, because we don't know how you would have acted on social media. I don't know how Vince would have acted on social media. We really don't. So to sit back and be like, I don't know if I would. It's very easy to say that now. You know, it is. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I don't know what else to add uh, in this particular instance. All I will say is this. If anybody in AEW is listening, if, if Tony Khan himself is listening, I would like you to take what you said here and prove everybody wrong. And stop booking week to week and booking random fucking no-name title matches because what you called out, theoretically, you do every single week. And none of it makes any sense. And I've sat here for five years and called it out every single time and none of it's ever fucking changed. You know, me and Drew and me and Jesse and myself, when, when I'm here alone, have said, differentiate your championships and, and do the thing that we all wanted you to do, and that's make AEW the alternative. The more you do what you are doing now, in this case, just like WWE is doing with Mahal and Seth Rollins, you're no better. So fix it and change the narrative here and do what they supposedly are not doing for your own show. That's all I'll but say Hook, there. But Hook called out. I know. I'm not talking specifically about Hook's situation. I don't give a shit about Hook. Like, I want an opportunity for Hook, but yeah. I, I listen, I, you know, I, I like Tony uh, Khan. I think he has brought something to the wrestling business that has been missing for, for decades, but I agree with you. Um, I don't want him to change though. Like I, I don't want Tony to be fake. He no. doesn't need to uh, tweet every time Dick and Harry, or he doesn't need to uh, fire back at people who realistically, you know, or try and justify his reasoning. It's his, it's my reasoning. You don't like it. Go watch something else. You know, I, I just don't think he needs to explain himself. I it's the, it's our generation, though. He's my age. Like we we have to over explain ourselves to people. And I have started to stop doing that. I, you don't like something I'm putting out. You don't like what I'm saying. You don't like my my vibe. Fine. I'm not going to sit here and explain myself to you. 
This is who I am. This is our company. This is how Tony should look at. This is what we do. This is why we're better than WWE in this aspect or that aspect. If you don't like it, watch something else. How tough is it not to get into an explanation with somebody when you know that you're 100% right? In this case, I know we talked about it a little bit ago. You know, Tony gets into it with these geeks online, and he's trying to explain to people that, you know, AEW has stories, and they do have stories. Are they better than what WWE is doing now? I mean, it's all subjective. It's all up in the air. You like them, you like AEW, whatever, as long as you're watching pro wrestling. But but people, people say that AEW doesn't have stories, and Tony gets bothered by that. Man, and this, this was in the time when we were in the middle of Adam Copeland and Christian, and then we had MJF and the Devil, MJF and Adam Cole. You got Swerve coming along. You got the Continental Classic. There's fucking six or seven different stories in the tournament itself, and people are still telling Tony, Oh, uh, you don't have any stories on TV. I, I, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm fucking pissed at that too. It, it'll take every fiber of my soul to not get into an argument with these fucking. What are you watching? Like, watch the fucking show. There are stories right in front of you. Why do I need to explain myself? Yeah. Again, you know, the one thing that I will say about to that comment, like Bischoff does uh, have a lot of merit here, is Bischoff would have never justified anything he was doing to any of us. He wouldn't give a shit. And I don't think Tony, just like Vince didn't, I don't think Tony needs to. I understand Tony wants to be like the, um, the wrestling fans promoter, but he already is, and he doesn't need to continue to try and get people to understand his vision or AEW's vision. You're either with us or you're not. And we're not going to be able to like convince you overnight. So stick with the stories, stick with what you think is working and, you know, try some other things. I applaud AEW truthfully, because they went from world's end, which was on long Island at the Nassau Coliseum. We all attended and they hit the reset button on a lot of things. And that takes a lot of balls. AEW reminds me a lot. I'm going to say this, and this, I might catch some shit for it, but I don't care. AEW reminds me a lot of WWE in 1996. They were in flux. They didn't know what to do. WCW's kicking the shit out of them in 96, 97. And they hit the reset button with the new generation, and they pushed stars that normally weren't going to get pushed, and everything else, they had to let that old guard go. And I really believe that if Tony wants to differentiate himself and separate himself from WWE, realistically, they need to do take a page out of that book, and I think that they're starting to a little bit. I really believe that. And Warner Brothers Discovery just touted AEW's success all over their, you know, their earnings call and everything else like that. So, You know, the WWE fans, you know, I don't know if they've been with the company for the duration, if you just started watching yesterday, if you've been like me and been watching since I was four years old. You know, the WWE fans don't realize how lucky they are. Every single fucking one of you, you should, you should be counting your blessings. If you make this out to be the only thing that you live for, WWE versus AEW, Paul Levesque versus Tony Khan, you don't realize how fucking fortunate that you are, that you got Paul Levesque in the position that he's in right now with 100% creative control. For years, you had to eat fucking slop. Drew and I had to eat slop doing the fucking raw reviews and talking about this bullshit when none of it made any sense 51 weeks out of 52 weeks in the fucking year when Vince McMahon yeah. was there. So you, you don't know how shit. fucking lucky you are to have yeah. the shit that you're getting now and you're still giving Tony Khan fucking bullshit because of Tony Khan and Triple H and this narrative that you fucking created. Vince gave you shit for how long and you sat there and ate it and you still gave Tony Khan bullshit. Now he's still getting bullshit? I don't understand that fucking narrative. 
Yeah, well, that hey, you know what? I've heard of the JD rants. I finally saw one live and in living color. So I I I love it. I love the fire that you bring. And that's the truth. There were some times, man, when we would watch WWE and it was garbage until January. Right after the rumble is when started shit started to pick up. And then April, May, eh. And then all of a sudden in July, we got a little bit. It was good in August, then it fell off again. I mean, there was a lot of times where you were booking, you know, you were and you're watching and you were like, what? is this what is this and even in 95 96 some of the shit that you were watching then man i watched every that. single week man mind me blown too. about what i was watching me too and you go back and watch it now and you're like what what was this but we were kids you know i just think that you know um we're in the first of all i want to say thank you to the almost 3000 people that are watching this live but i want to say that we it's the instant gratification society and that's just what we're in right now. Everyone wants their their matches now, their dream matches now. They want the storyline started and finished now. Wrestling is about the storytelling. That's what it's all about. If the stories aren't good, no one's going to watch. Let people cook, as the kids like to say. Yeah. Let them cook. So be grateful for what you got. Because mm -hmm. a year ago, when Vince maintained control over the company, and everybody was like, well, I thought Triple H was in charge. He wasn't. Vince was always there pulling the strings in the fucking shadows. Now Triple H is there, and you're about to see what WWE's truly made of, which, you know, is the reason why Drew and I and everybody else maintained watching WWE because we knew the potential that they had and where they could be. But we were hoping that maybe it'll change this week. Maybe it'll change that week. And Vince never gave a shit about what we had to say or what we wanted. Tony Khan does, and now Triple H also does, and now we're eating good on both sides. And you people still fucking complain. Yeah, if you don't like what WWE is putting out, you had you have AEW. And when I was growing up, like, if I didn't like Livewire, Sunday Morning Superstars, okay, I'm dating myself, um, you know, or um, the Wrestling Classic or anything else like that, we had WCW Saturday Night or we had Monday Night Nitro. If you didn't watch Raw, you didn't like Raw. There was a bunch of different things that you could watch. And WCW was edgier than WWF at the time until WWF decided we need to go to Attitude. And then it was like, holy shit, this is basically Jerry Singer's South Park mixed into wrestling. It was wild. So you guys really don't know how good you have. You have two viable companies. One has a 50-year head start. And his light years uh, ahead of the other one, in my opinion, some of the production values and everything else like that. But man, be thankful that Tony and AEW is trying just to be thankful. Yeah. It's the alternative for you guys and girls. It's what it is. And it's the same thing with Mercedes Monet. We'll get into her a little bit because I know Andrew Zarian on um, his uh, Observer podcast was talking about it again today. He just, he was just befuddled about how people are making it out to be. You know, Mercedes being back with either company is a great fucking thing. What the fuck you get mad at me for? Who gives we a shit win. where she goes? We all we win. All, we all win, just like CM Punk being back in professional wrestling. I, I'm telling you, wrestling is better with Punk in it. I will say it in Tampa if I'm called on for a question. CM Punk, the professional wrestling sports entertainment is better with CM Punk in it, and it is better with Mercedes Monet in it. I understand to some people she's not a draw. And you want to know what? She goes to AEW. Are we going to get million plus every week? Probably not. Probably not. But I still think having Mercedes Monet in professional wrestling and sports entertainment is what's best for business. Absolutely. Uh, before we get into the next story here, we're going to continue with the AEW stuff. There's some big uh, hires in AEW. I want to shout out my two guys here, Billy Sizane 
and my guy Jason Barker for both of them giving 100 in Super Chat tonight. You guys are absolutely awesome. Billy and Jason, $100 bombs. Jason says, J.D. Drew, I love talking with you. Drew on Twitter Spaces, very good conversations. He says, OTS for life. Thank you, uh, Jason, as always. And Billy says, J.D. and Andrew, you guys kick ass every week. The best in the IWC. Tomorrow night, Dynamite. Do we finally see the money? OTS family for life. Yeah. Thank you, Billy and Jason, for the 200 there. Uh, unbelievable support. And we love both of you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, Drew, we got, Thank you. we got a major hire today from AEW, or it was at least it was a, a news piece coming out of AEW today. This is from Fightful. Uh, Fightful has learned that several within AEW have been notified that Kosha Irby will be joining the company possibly in a COO role. Irby is a former regional director of live events for WWE. He's also worked with the Memphis Express of the AAF as president, Clemson Tigers as executive senior associate AD and chief marketing officer. He'd also had done work with Georgia State University of South Florida and St. Louis. AEW lost Ralph Morphy, uh, Dana Massey, and QT Marshall in a variety of roles that they'd uh, that they have filled since the early uh, stages of the company. However, Tony Khan left the door open working with them in the future and said publicly that they'd have some new announcements coming very soon. So Tony Khan is uh, going right for the, I would say, the sports-centric role here. You got someone who worked previously uh, in WWE here, which is always a good thing. So they're coming in with a ton of experience and uh, losing uh, those individuals that I mentioned. QT, obviously more of the uh, trainer and part of the training aspect. Dana Massey was uh, merchandising, and then uh, Morphe was uh, live events. So it looks like Tony Khan's uh, making moves to fill those roles. Which he needs to. And, you know, the thing is, is that there's a a large gap that Tony needs to fill, and he's going to, you know, hire the right people. And WWE hired somebody to fill Kevin Dunn's shoes as well. There's been a lot of big hires. And for me, you know, um, Tony has always really put some good people in good positions, and this is just another example for me, truthfully. Yeah. Sports-based, too, which is huge. Yes. You don't just want to take somebody cold or somebody who's done some things. You know, this guy knows what to do, how to shoot, how to book buildings, all that other stuff. So. You know, it was. Uh, it, it's funny how a lot of people were like, uh, AEW is all elite friends wrestling or all friends wrestling. Her, her, her. You know, it, that that's what it felt like in the early stages. That's what I heard from a lot of people who knew some people that were doing dark matches there and getting opportunities there. Now Tony Khan is seemingly, like you said, Drew, earlier, starting to hit the reset button. It takes a lot of balls to do that. And he's moving people out of these positions that you didn't think would, you know, typically be replaced in those positions. And, and Tony Khan is going for more experience. He's going with, you know, like you said, a more sports-centric uh, vibe here. And he's putting people in there with experience. So, you know, he's filling those roles and, and he's doing what he needs to do to make the company better. And, he, and you can't really sli uh, slight that at all. So I'm happy that he's making these moves, honestly. No, and I think Tony, you know, comes under a lot of scrutiny for some of the risks that he doesn't take. And now he takes risks and yeah. it's like, oh, you're you're an idiot, you know, yeah. like, hey. Listen, everyone likes to hire their buddies and their, you know, their family. I get it. It's people taking care of people. I get it. But, you know, uh, Tony's got to do its best for AEW. And realistically, like people need to stop like being tribalistic towards letters. They just need to understand that wrestling is wrestling and sports entertainment is sports entertainment. 
and it's all a business and Tony needs to do what's best for his business. And if hitting the reset button is that, then hit that reset button, Tony. Kevin Dunn, you mentioned Kevin Dunn and his replacement. Triple H seemingly has found that replacement. WWE announced that media industry veteran Lee Fitting has joined the company this week as head of media and production, taking over many of the responsibilities that were handled by (laughs) Kevin Dunn. Lee is a phenomenal leader and the executive known for work that generates both critical acclaim and mass appeal, says Nick Khan. Lee will be a tremendous addition to our stellar media and production team and play a key role in helping catapult WWE's growth, says Nick Khan. According to a press release, Fitting brings more than two decades of production experience to WWE from ESPN, where he oversaw production for 10th pole properties, including Monday Night Football, College Game Day, and College Football Playoffs, and many other properties within the Disney portfolio. I wonder if that has anything to do with uh, what may come down the line, Drew. I'll get uh, your take on that in a second. But uh, my initial reaction is this. A, we talked about Kevin Dunn being replaced or quitting last week. I think it's a great move for him to get out. Uh, I think he was of the old guard, and I think a lot of people who still associate WWE with Vince McMahon will do that no longer because as long as Kevin Dunn was there, there was always a, there was always a hope that Vince would return or assume some sort of power. Now that Kevin Dunn is out, you know for sure that it is the Paul Levesque show. And how much? This is, I guess this is a question for you because this is something that I was pondering. Kevin Dunn had his way. Kevin Dunn had his, uh, his little ways of doing things on WWE TV. You know that Kevin Dunn was a part of it, the way that he shot, the camera cuts, the, the way things kind of flowed on TV. Are, are we now open to seeing some potential change? Not that we're going to change everything, but Dunn laid the groundwork for 40 years And now maybe they build upon that and slightly give WWE a different taste and a different feel, which honestly, from a fan watching from four years old, could realistically be something that would be a great addition to their TV show because I I think some aspects of their show definitely needs to change. So you mean to tell me that since you were four up until now, you've not seen change in WWE's production? No, no. I mean, yes, obviously I have. But, I mean, I'm talking about within the last 10 years, 15 years, it's been basically the same thing. The way it's shot, overproduced, it's too glossy. I I don't think those aspects are going to change, but maybe the way that it's shot different. You know, Tony Khan is adding that little high camera now to Collision and Dynamite. It gives it a little aspect, gives it a little bit more sports-centric feel. Can we see some subtle changes to the camera work on TV is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I think that Triple H's crew um, will probably be more open to different aspects of shooting a building or shooting an entrance or something to that effect. You know, the good thing about Paul Levesque, Triple H, is that he actually was a big star in the professional wrestling business, a massive star. So he will be able to, the nuances and the different things that could help you know, make somebody else a star or enhance their star power. He'll be able to do that both in the ring. And I believe outside in production, the thing about Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon though, you know, they were very much entertainment focused and they really gave you movies at times with the production and the production has always for WWE been so clean that at times you're like, Jesus, it'd be nice for a little bit of grittiness, but it's the the production that has gotten them billions of dollars in media rights and everything else like that. So I think you might see more of the lines of, you know what we saw backlash with bad bunny with the drone. Yeah. I think you could see some of that. Sure. I think, I think WWE now might be more open to that. And also depends on who they put in the chair, truthfully in Kevin Dunn's chair, uh, his former chair and what they want to do. But again, 
you know, Kevin and Vince, Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon were, were very much revolutionaries and pioneers. I understand the last, you know, seven, eight years were awful at times, but you know, realistically, um, I think the person that gets in there next has a really good foundation for them. And it's their job to uh, build a beautiful house on that. Does the uh, fact that Mr. Uh, Lee fitting worked within many Disney properties, is that uh, a foreshadowing of what's to come being that uh, that's in his portfolio or is that uh, just a, a mere coincidence there? Uh, there's no such thing as coincidence. You know that. I know that. Um, and everybody else watching this hopefully understands that. I do believe that, you know, uh, it's very easy for somebody who knows the ins and outs of Disney, ESPN, et cetera, et cetera, to be there now. Because, again, I've said this a million times. This is chess, mother effers. This is not checkers. And what they're doing is they're moving their kings, their queens, their knights, their pawns into the positions because two, three years from now, those PLEs in that library might be on ESPN Plus. Yeah. And who better? Who better than that guy to know what they want and what they need and how yeah. they need it done? So there you go. There you go. Speaking of uh, ESPN and streaming services, the news Uh-oh. this week, and I thought it was ridiculous when I read it, but it's all speculation at this point, but we got to talk about it. WWE Raw was predicted, Drew, to land on Amazon Prime by the Sports Business Journal. It's and a prediction, by the way, yes. guys. So don't go clipping. It's oh, JD said they're going. It's a prediction. Oh, well, they said it was going to Warner. Now they're saying it's going to Amazon. No, it's a prediction, idiot. Prediction by the Sports Business Journal. They predicted Raw's new home will be none other than the streaming platform Amazon Prime Video. The reasons given were raw, strong numbers with young males, a demo Amazon is looking to grow in, and the opportunity for streaming services to obtain more live content to go along with Thursday night football. It was also predicted that Raw would remain on Monday nights should Amazon secure the show. Amazon has often been reported to be in play for Raw's rights, though it has frequently been behind cable channel FX, long considered the favorite to land Raw or Warner Brothers Discovery. A scenario where Raw lands on FX as part of a package deal involving Disney and the TKO group is believed to be in play and would be uh, related to ESPN renewing its current deal with the UFC. However, its thoughts said scenario would only become uh, viable if Raw was unable to find the right money value in a new deal. Now, I did make a video on this earlier, Drew, and I'll leave the floor mostly to you, but what I said earlier was two things. One, WWE loves to be... In that boat where they did it first, outside everybody else. So I don't really know, outside Thursday Night Football, I don't really know what other weekly live episodic 52 weeks a year television show is being streamed on a streaming service that is giving fresh new content weekly with no offseason. Nobody's doing that, but nobody's doing that, but WWE. Yeah, and the NFL doesn't do 52 weeks out of the year either, you know. um, Yeah. Amazon will get a playoff game. Uh, Peacock's getting a playoff game. And Amazon does the September through December um, Thursday night football. So, And here's the thing. Again, I've said this a million times. Here's the deal. WWE produces live television 52 weeks out of the year, which is every once a week, every week. There's no other entity doing that besides AEW yeah. and some other wrestling companies. And it's live content. So there's going to be a ton of suitors. I've said this before on X. I put out a little bit. 
Um, I was at the forefront of the whole social, um, you know, uh, putting it out on social media and seeing the streaming platforms and the streaming media right buyers be heavy players with the NFL and some others. Do I see WWE doing this? They could. To JD's point, they always like to be at the forefront. They used to beat the NFL to venues for WrestleMania so they could tout. It was a Vince McMahon thing, but they could tout that they held the attendance record for that building. You know, they were first. Hey, we went to Cowboys Stadium, AT&T Stadium, before the Super Bowl was there. You know, that type of stuff, which I don't know if they technically did, but they broke the attendance record. Vince was very much at the forefront of that, and they like to be the first. But I will say this. This is like taking Monday Night Football and or Sunday Night Football and putting it on a streaming-only platform. While I'm saying it's not down the pipeline eventually, I think if WWE was going to do this type of move, I would have moved SmackDown. I would have moved NXT. I, I don't know if, I would, I, if I'm going to take, because Raw is, and I understand that SmackDown's on Fox and they have the bigger stars, quote-unquote, but Raw's the flagship, okay? It really is. So if you're going to take that and put it to streaming only, I know the death of cable is pretty much around the corner, two, three, five years from now, whatever, but I don't know if now's the time. But the other caveat to this is, they have a responsibility, which I stated, to their shareholders. They have to take the best offer, truthfully. Now, they could spin it where, you know, we didn't think it was going to maximize our visibility and all this other stuff. But if Amazon's offering $500 million a year and Warner Brothers Discovery is only worth, you know, offering $375, they have to take, realistically, I don't know how they, they justify not taking that. Would I move Raw off? No, I wouldn't. I, I think you, I want to say this as politely as I can. Um, the wrestling demographic is not the wealthy demographic. It's not. It, it, I don't care if you go look at it. The, the, the average income, I could run the numbers for you, but it's boring. They're not the uber wealthy. And you're asking wrestling fans to now buy another streaming platform yes. or something else to invest more money in so they can watch your product. I, don't, I hope you don't lose the eyeballs. That's yeah, it's me. it's it's tough. And that was my next point. How many fans are going to look at this as a win for them? Because I'm just basing it off my personal experience. Me to you guys. I pay for cable. I pay a monthly cable bill. I got Verizon Fios. I get my Smackdowns. I get my Raws. I get my Impacts, my AWs, all, all on on Verizon. Then you're asking me to sign up for Peacock, which is $9.99, $10.99, whatever it is a month to watch the WWE PLEs. Then, with the rumored streaming deal for AEW, you're asking me to sign up for Max to watch their pay-per-views. 12 per per year is what is being rumored over there, which is going to be a great thing for Tony Khan and company over there. You're asking me to do that. Then you're asking me to watch something that I have access to now on weekly cable television via my cable package with Prime. I got to go and watch Prime now to watch Monday Night Raw and subscribe to Prime. How much money do they think we we're worth here? I mean, it, it's it's pulling the fans in multiple different directions, and I don't think fans are going to really kind of be jumping for joy over the fact that they got to pay another whatever a month to go watch Amazon Prime and watch Monday Night Raw. And and again, here's the deal: I'm already on Amazon Prime. I already have the subscription because I have three kids. Uh, I have a wife. It's sometimes you know we need things delivered directly to the house. We can't get out. It's very convenient. Although I like to support small businesses and everything else like that, because uh, I think that's very big for communities. I 
it's just it's tough not to have Amazon because everything's at your fingertips. And if I needed something in three hours, I can have that sucker delivered to my doorstep. It's convenient. So I'm already there. Um, I cut cable and I have YouTube TV. Thankfully, the NFL Sunday ticket went there because I will tell you that it was uh, a yearly struggle to split the package with somebody because it was a $500 a, a year cost for us. And I need to watch the Jets. So, again, you find ways to do it. But I know WWE wants to dip their, their hands into every pot, and they should. I just don't know if right now is the move. Maybe you wait two, three years and wait till that next media rights deal comes up, and then you could go to a Google. Throw it on YouTube TV exclusively. You know, the NFL did that deal with them, and they've seen record revenues and all that other stuff. I just don't no, – for me, I don't care. I don't care because I have it already. But I would feel for the people who, you know, uh, buy cable to watch wrestling, and now they, there's other things that they watch. Then they got to cut that. They got to get Prime. Like JD said, you got to get Peacock. I mean, those bills add up. And yeah. I'm not crapping on the demographic. It it adds up for a guy with three kids too. Yeah. You know, yeah. it does. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. And, and I know the shareholders, like Drew said, they gotta they gotta keep the shareholders in mind. Do what's right for the company. Do what's right for the business. I know Nick Khan promised 50% increase with the SmackDown deal. They only got 40. They're doing the same thing with Monday Night Raw. So they're going to probably take, if Amazon blows them away, they got no choice but to go with Amazon. If Amazon offers 450, you know, uh, whatever, uh, and Warner Brothers only offers 387, I mean, who the fuck are they going to go with? They're going to go with Amazon. Right. And I want to say this to you guys and girls in the chat. I'm always blown away by your generosity i'm not calling anybody broke but i do want to say this too be careful with your illegal streamings because if wwe decides to take raw off of television and they put them on amazon prime good luck finding that sucker on an illegal streaming like site or something oh, never like that. those those are getting torched daily and man they already, of- they already they already took down the watch wrestling streams i mean i'm i'm guilty yeah. of watching you know when i'm on sure. vacation or I'm, I'm in florida this and that and i got fucking cable down there you know, it's uh, it's something that I go to. I'm like, I'll watch SmackDown. No commercials on this watch wrestling illegal stream. Those are going to be out the window. You're not getting no WWE programming through those no. means anymore. And there's ways around that, guys and girls. I won't divulge to you how we handle AW pay-per-views in this household. It's I could tell you that a bunch of us, a couple of my buddies, and we split it. Because that platform doesn't give a shit how many people at times you have on. I mean, you probably can't have 20, but I don't have 20 people who want to watch an AEW pay-per-view at this point anyway. I'm sure if I, you know, sought it out, but that's my point. There's ways around it. So, you know, I think you could split an Amazon subscription for prime. I think you can have like four people on it or something like that. So there's a way to, that's a cost, you know, uh, effective way to do things. But if you think like you'll be set with that, ah, fine streaming sites, good luck. Good luck. And like I said, guys, this was merely a prediction. The people over at the Sports Business Journal also predicted that SmackDown, Raw, and NXT would all land with NBCU, and NBCU would buy out WWE. Obviously, none of that happened, but SmackDown's staying on USA, and NXT's on the CW, and right now, Raw is heavily in discussions about being landed on uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. So, I mean, it's a prediction. I don't think it's going to happen, but like Drew said, I could definitely see it happening in the next round of TV talks when cable slowly starts to die off even more and WWE wants to be the first longest weekly episodic TV show to land on a streaming network and, and, and bring that type of content to an Amazon or a Disney or Hulu or wherever it wants to go.
Yeah, my prediction is WWE Raw goes to Warner Brothers Discovery. My prediction is not wavered. Um, I'm not going to change that prediction. Um, I think the Prime thing has a lot of smoke. I think Hulu had a lot of smoke. I think Disney and ESPN were very interested in this as well, which is with with Hulu. Um, I, I, I just don't think Warner Brothers Discovery is out just yet. I think they're very heavy players, and I think that they're going to continue to be heavy players, even if in their eyes they have to overpay a little bit. And I do believe... That if you look, a lot of devils in the details here. It you know Warner Brothers Discovery just praised AW up and down with their, uh, I believe it was their quarterly or whatever meeting they had. I think that's to let some of the uh, business people understand that wrestling is a viable product, and if they got to pay for the A one product, I think they're justified in doing so. Uh, Tom Cruise just got a whole deal with Warner Brothers Discovery. He's going to have a studio there. He's going to have movies and stuff. His production team's going there. Warner Brothers Discovery's not going anywhere. Yeah. Now, my, my prediction is uh, just like you. I am not changing on that. I think uh, if it doesn't happen this month, which a lot of people were kind of speculating that was going to happen in the beginning of the year, turn of the new year, or uh, this week, uh, I would say we get it before at least. We may get it before the Elimination Chamber. So uh, I, that's my prediction there. Wouldn't that be the move? The Rock announces yeah. the Raw rights? Yeah. Do that. Moving over to AEW, guys. AEW has seemingly confirmed negotiations with one Mercedes Monet for a company debut. Now, obviously, it's not something that we should get excited about yet until a contract is signed and she makes her way to television. But with that being said... She has been in contact with the company that she was reported, and she was reported to arrive uh, on the show, whether it was last week or what the reports said imminently. AEW's in the picture, and now there's confirmation. Mercedes and WWE had talks. They apparently fell through, as you guys know. That's no secret. AEW's in the running and has been in the running, as fans expected her to debut for AEW. PW Insider reports that WWE sources noted that several factors, including a change in ownership and the Triple H regime in place for creative, set the stage for the two sides to reset their relationship. No shit. Unbelievable how that's even fucking, wow, man, I didn't know that. Of course that was the case. It also set the stage for a potential return. As they were told, the company would absolutely love to have her back and have made that very clear and that at least early discussions between the sides have happened. PW Insider reported that they have received confirmation that AEW is in contact or has been in contact with Mercedes. This comes after time when it was said that she and Tony Khan's company weren't discussing anything active about a debut. Then in an update, since this initial report, an AEW source reached out to say that the company has absolutely been in contact with Mercedes and said, if you don't think we are in the hunt, you are crazy. They just added Deanna Perrazzo on Dynamite this past week from New Jersey. And Andrew Zarian who got death threats over their shit from the Mercedes stands on social media because apparently they don't want her to go to AEW. Who gives a shit where she goes? If you're a fan, you'll watch her no matter where she goes. He says this, just to add a little bit more to this story, I have no clue when a debut is scheduled. I was told very soon. Could be next week. Could be a few weeks out. I have no insight currently on a date. Then Sean Ross Sapp tweeted at a fan, he said, not leaning towards expecting. Mercedes is expected to go to AEW. Now, I have respect for Sap in that he's not going to put his name behind something to say something like that publicly without having prior knowledge of something. And the same thing with Zary. He's not going to put his name behind something and, and then put that story out there or that tweet out there if he doesn't have uh, prior knowledge of what's going on there. So 
Olsandro looking like Mercedes is headed to AEW, and people are upset at this notion. Why? Here we go again. Like, I just feel like it's if it wasn't Punk, now it's Mercedes, all this other shit. Wherever she signs up, wherever she shows up, will be the spot, and then either you can come out here and wave your AEW flag or wave your WWE flag, but at the end of the day, none of this shit matters. She's getting paid. She's back on TV. That's best for business. And I urge you, like, to care about things that really matter in your life, your health, your family, your job, whatever. But stop worrying about where this person or that person is signing. Realistically, like, the old, like, I, do these people sign your checks? Like, I just don't get it. Death threats, like, Andrew should never go through that. Never. Like, there are so many more important things in life than that type of crap. And I've, you know, said it since November. I believe Mercedes Monet is headed to AEW. I believe the debut is imminent. Whether that's Wednesday or maybe in Revolution, I don't know, in March. I don't know. But I, I believe the debut is imminent. And I think, again, Tony Khan doing what he did today on social media is leading me to believe that they might have something in the works for her at Daly's Place, and they're trying to take some of that uh, smell off of it. That's just me. It's a possibility. Eric Bischoff chimed in on the Mercedes situation and said that Mercedes means nothing for AEW business, just like all ex-WWE signings that joined AEW. He said this in regards to Mercedes, and I quote, Nothing. I mean, how many times have we seen big names come from WWE to AEW and people speculating about how it's going to impact the business and what's going to happen? Nothing happens. It doesn't matter who you bring in there. I made the comment and I'm going to make it again. AEW is quickly becoming TNA. I got nearly a million views on that comment and out of that, probably half a million responses. Everybody, you know, buried my comment and me along with it. But this is a perfect example of what I meant. We've seen so many big names come into AEW. Pick one. Let's put CM Punk off to the side. Pick any other one. And the net impact on the growth of the business, other than selling T-shirts, has been zip. Nada. The television audience continues to deteriorate, deteriorate while WWE continues to grow. You look at their ticket sales outside of anomalies or outliers. I should say like the United Kingdom. And they're not doing nearly as well as they were in the past. Look at Dynamite's shows. Check out WrestleTicks on social media, and you could see their ticket sales. They're playing in 10,000 or 15,000-seat venues, but they're scaling them down to 4,000, and a week before the event, still haven't sold out. It's not going to matter. End quote. Is he true? Is that right, Drew? Is he, is he correct there? I mean... I I think Eric speaks a lot of logic at times, but I will say this. I think Mercedes Monet helps that division in AEW. Uh, I believe that she does um, enhance that division, which is in desperate need of that. There are a lot of very talented women over there, but um, we're, you know, besides a couple, like you're missing a big, big star. And I think this helps. The other comment that Bischoff made that to me is kind of like, I don't know if it's asinine, but it's very, it, to me, it's it's kind of like, Eric, come on. How many of these megastars that Eric had at his disposal because WWE at the time couldn't resign or just didn't want to because they were going in a different direction were able to go to WCW? There's no Hulk Hogan. There's no Scott Hall. There's no Kevin Nash. There's no Bret Hart. There's not even, eh, I'll say there's some Sean Waltmans that have jumped over. They're just not available because WWE has taken the time and the effort to make stars and re-sign their stars, okay? So, you know, Eric was afforded a luxury 
a huge checkbook, just like Tony has. But a lot of these these guys, WWE at the time, WWF couldn't afford. AEW is not, this is not the same battlefield. It's not. And it's unfair for the comparison. I just call a spade a spade. It's not fair. Hulk Hogan is, a Hulk Hogan as star is never going to be made available to AEW. It just won't happen. It, 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 There's never know, going Randy. to be a star like Hulk Hogan or Randy Savage or or, or anybody uh, in that realm, a Stone Cold, maybe, a Rock. No, nobody right. ever again, as long as we're alive. No, but what I'm saying is they're not going to be even, okay, let's just go Orton, Batista, Cena, uh, Roman, um, I'll use another, it's like Seth. None of them are going to be available to AEW, which is not going to happen. So do I think that AEW hasn't done right by a lot of the former WWE stars? They have. Look at Joe. Swerve. Um, look at Saray. Swerve. Look at Tony Storm. Adam Cole. Right. Even the Christian Cage. Yeah. I mean, you might not like some of what they're doing, Copeland, but I mean, they're doing some things that they weren't able to do or WWE wasn't able, was not affording them the opportunities and AEW is that landscape for them. This is not the same battlefield, Eric. The AEW does not have the availability of megastars that you had just because WWE was going through a financial tough time. I'm sorry. It's just a horrible comparison. Eric Bischoff has basically said a whole bunch of nothing here, though he, he thinks he makes sense here. In my eyes, you know, he can say and sound as smart as he wants, but, you know, I'm going to put CM Punk back in the discussion. He said, let's leave CM Punk off to the side. I'm going to bring CM Punk and put him into the discussion here. When Punk was there, Eric Bischoff's narrative was, oh, Punk is not helping the business. Punk is, uh, he's no Hulk Hogan. He's no this, he's no that. Meanwhile, we all know that CM Punk is still the biggest, or was at least the biggest free, uh, free agent in the entire industry. And right now may be the biggest name in the industry Still currently. So with Punk, when he was in AEW, it didn't help AEW. They weren't moving this. They weren't moving that. It wasn't helping attendance. It wasn't helping ratings. Meanwhile, we all know how great CM Punk was for AEW business. Every single fucking metric, CM Punk was at the top of it. Merchandise, ratings, pay-per-view buys. You name it, he was at the top. Now that he's in WWE, his tune has changed. Oh my God, what a... What, it's already paying off, and he's not even there a month yet. Give me a break with the fucking bullshit anti-AEW narrative. Now the same thing is with Mercedes. He's saying this about Mercedes. I guarantee you, if Mercedes goes and joins WWE and is in the Royal Rumble, oh, Mercedes is going to pay off brilliantly for WWE. He's always so one-sided, it's very difficult to take what he says seriously. Well, and, and I understand that. Um, and to your, like you're, to your point, I... It's very flip floppy at times, but I think Eric uh, learned from his mistake with CM Punk when the machine gets behind you, just like Cody Rhodes. It's a different scenario. I, again, I just, I like Eric a lot. He's very knowledgeable. He's always been nice, but I just don't think it's the same playing field. It's not, you know? Um, And Eric needs to understand that Sasha Banks is not, you know, Mercedes Monet. Who are you comparing her to that you signed? I mean, realistically, all right. Let's take another step back. Let's go Cole and Joe, right? If we had to compare them, who are they? I mean, does Eric even know who Sasha Banks is or what she's done for the WWE? Women's wrestling would not be where it is today in North America without Sasha Banks, without Mercedes, Vernado. Yeah, and I I understand to his point. It's like, what? Okay, so is this going to move the needles for the casuals? No, it's not. But again, AEW is not getting Dwayne The Rock Johnson. AEW is not getting Brock Lesnar. AEW is, I mean, I was John shocked. John Cena they, or Roman Reigns. Yeah, 
I was shocked that they got Copeland. Truthfully, I thought Copeland would probably, I mean, once the stuff started to happen, I thought he's going to go out on his own terms with his buddies and he's going to be an artist over there. But that type of star power magnitude really doesn't happen. It doesn't flip-flop anymore. Those days are kind of dead. The wars are not there. No disrespect to Adam Cole and Samoa Joe, but they're not Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, Paul and Nash. It's not the same drawing power. And I, again, it's a horrible, unfair comparison. And Eric needs to understand that he was afforded a luxury. Let's look at Mercedes as the glue that ties everything together here. Just to, to end this, this Eric Bischoff, Mercedes is not mm-hmm. going to make a, an impact discussion. Tony Khan has already, and, and like Drew said earlier and alluded to earlier, there's already been a reset button. You know, I, I'm not going to claim and sit here and claim that AEW is, you know, changing this. Oh, my God. It's been one, one fucking week. I mean, we can't see true change. Let's take this to maybe revolution to see how long he sticks with the plan. But the women's division in AEW right now, if you want to just sit here and just kind of leave Mercedes off to the side, they just signed Deanna Perrazzo, who's fucking tremendous. She's a big name for the women, one of the best women's wrestlers in the entire world. Then they got Julia Hart. They got Sky Blue, Thunder Roses back. We're not even here on TV yet with with, uh, Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker on television. Statlander, Ruby Soho, Whoever else you want to put in that discussion. Serena Deeb is on her way back to television. Athena may be the best female women's performer in the entire world, bar none. Then you want to add Mercedes to that. I, I fail to see how that change that, that doesn't change AEW television. I mean, she's going to be the glue to tie that all together. We may be looking at a whole new revolution that's not happening in WWE for the women. So how does that not well, help? help? Exactly. And here's what I'll say, right? You know, um, obviously, it's dirt, different circumstances led to the downfall of WCW, but a lot of people aren't talking about this. What separated WWE from WCW? WWE went after Perry Saturn, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero. They brought back Sean Waltman. They went after a lot of their mid-card talent that ended up becoming superstars with the exception of a few. And then they went to ECW and got Taz and the Dudleys and all this other stuff. And granted, you know, Taz probably didn't have the run that anybody expected in WWE, but WWE started to cherry pick workers from WCW. Isn't that kind of what AEW is doing from WWE? Yeah. So, I mean, with all due respect, I mean, yeah, all right. They get Mercedes Monet. They get Diana Perrazzo. They're getting people that could that could elevate the division, and they're they're going in a different direction than what WWE is. You know, this comparison, you know, people might play this clip back, you know, 10 years from now and say, look at what Drew and JD were talking about. You know, Drew was talking about how AEW was really cherry picking workers that didn't feel like they were getting what they needed in WWE because of the old guard or there's a, a, a log jam at the top. At, you know, it happens. But AEW is picking very solid workers and people who could draw to their product within the hopes of, tackling a million viewers or maybe being viable competition WWE down the road. I just think again, for people to sit back and be like, Mercedes isn't going to do anything for AEW. Yeah. She's not going to bring in half a million views extra a week. We, we get that man. We get it. Chick. We get it. We totally get it, but you want to know what it'll, the work and everything else that goes on in that, that ring and the stories they could possibly tell will help the product eventually. Right. That's the hope. And you got to take a shot. Try it. You got to take a shot. You, If you don't take a shot on at least trying to bring her in, you've already fucking failed. 
So yeah. I don't want I don't want I don't want to hear that she's not gonna help. If you don't help yourself by at least trying to go get her, the fuck you doing in the business? The best women's wrestler maybe on the entire planet, and you don't want to go out there and try and get her, and then then you want to say she's not gonna be a big deal. She's not gonna be a big deal in, in the way that you see her as a big deal, but for social media, she's a movie star, her social media presence, the fucking fact that she just by her vibe herself is a, is a help to that women's locker room. I mean, she started it all. Like, just having her there without wrestling is going to be yeah. a help. Look at what she's going to do for all the younger talents, like a Sky Blue and a Julia Hart. You don't think she's going to help them mold themselves into being a better performer? Come on, man. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, like, I see a lot of people, and they're like, uh, you guys said uh, Soraya was going to be a game changer. First of all, what do you guys know that Soraya does backstage? You don't. You have no idea. You have no idea the wealth of knowledge that Soraya lends to the talent for the women backstage and what to do here and what to do there. There's a difference. I understand that maybe she hasn't been booked right, or maybe she doesn't, uh, you know, pull you on the television to like watch her. Okay. But that's when I, if you go back and look at any of my tweets, I said Soraya was going to be a game changer for the wealth of knowledge that she possesses. The same thing goes with Mercedes. Although I think Mercedes has a lot of tread on her tires and I think she will be able to, elevate this women's division it's a no-brainer for me if a town like this becomes available you go sign her i just logged into twitter to see what was going on speaking of eric bischoff he's still going at it this time he replied to our guy ibu of wrestle purists ibu said you punched up to wwe the moment nitro became a thing you hung your hat on taking shots at the competition and was very effective for wcw why do you object to tony khan doing what he did tonight Big difference, Eric Bischoff says. I took my shots head-to-head. No spin, no dirt sheet internet ranking systems, just real competition. Not from the sidelines constantly crying foul whenever he needs attention. Yeah, I read this before. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. (laughs) It's just, it's wild out here. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Whatever, man. (laughs) It is what it is. That's Eric Bischoff and his uh, his opinion for Mercedes Monet. Moving on to the rest of the news, we got some ex-WWE guys showing up elsewhere. We got Dolph Ziggler showing up for New Japan Pro Wrestling. I was actually a big fan of this debut. I loved the little movie thing he did, the little vignette that he did. He's now a wanted man. He joined New Japan and was spotted at New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom on Thursday alongside brother Ryan Nemeth, and he's targeted the new IWGP global champion, David Finley, and uh, they even had a brawl at the end of the show during their media press conference. Drew, what'd you think of uh, Dolph, a.k.a. Nick Nemeth, now joining New Japan? I think with what he did in WWE, they didn't really appreciate him the last few years that he was there. I know he signed an extension five years ago in hopes that they would maybe see something different in him. And they never really got the ball rolling with him. I think his last match came, as I see here, on May 29th, 2023 against J.D. McDonough. And before that, uh, he was uh, working house shows, losing to Omos. But that was it. He hasn't wrestled a match since May of 2023. Nick Nemeth is one of the best in-ring performers in the entire world. Honestly, I think what we think of him now He's going to prove it in New Japan and elsewhere. I think that's a tremendous signing, and I'm very happy for him. I, listen, I wish the best for Nick. I was so happy that I he didn't just pop up in AEW and be another cog right now in that wheel. Um, so, yeah, I think good on him. He gets into a, a main event program with Finley out of the gate. 
uh, for that new championship that New Japan Pro Wrestling has. And uh, I'm here for it, truthfully. Um, I wish Nick the best, and I'm happy that he landed with New Japan Pro Wrestling instead of just going to AEW. Matt Riddle also landed with MLW, and he also will be working New Japan. He challenged Hiroshi Tanahashi at uh, New Year's Dash. New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling will be doing that match later on this year. No time frame on when that will be taking place. Matt Riddle also wrestled Jacob Fatu at MLW uh, and their Kings of Coliseum show on, uh, show on January 6th, which I thought was a great match. Um, Matt Riddle, you know, a, a lot has been made about Matt Riddle and the reason why he left WWE or was fired, I should say, from WWE. A lot of, uh, you know, a little behavioral issues, some demons that he has to tackle. And I know he says he's going to kind of shed the the goofy thing. And I know Vince highlighted, Kevin Dunn highlighted the stoner thing in WWE. But, man, if Matt Riddle can tie all this shit together, bro, he could be one of the industry's best in ring if he just just gets on track and focuses on pro wrestling. Um. Yeah, listen. Matt had some things to popped up in his personal life, which I think, you know, at times are um, over-dramatized. But... Matt Riddle has an abundance amount of talent. Matt Riddle will be fine wherever he ends up. He's just got to stay with a level head and make level-headed decisions so that a multi-billion dollar company will continue to take chances on you. So I think MLW, some other places, New Japan are good for him. Let his name kind of um, settle down. And then, you know, hopefully his name starts to get real hot and we end up he ends up back in either WWE or we see him in uh, AEW. But I have nothing but the utmost respect for Riddle, and I wish him the best. Um, I think at times, you know, uh, things backstage, whatever got blown out of proportion, and, it, you know, it just he was his own worst enemy at times, unfortunately. Speaking of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, there was a news article from The Observer where they stated that WWE may potentially be looking at another Japanese ally. They're working with All Japan, though people and representatives in All Japan are kind of hesitant on the relationship or potential partnership there. Triple H apparently, Drew, is looking at a potential working relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, WWE sent Regal's son, Charlie Dempsey, over to All Japan to challenge for their Triple Crown uh, on January 3rd. And now Meltzer is reporting that Triple H and President Nick Khan could be looking at New Japan Pro Wrestling as a potential ally. Meltzer says there's been talk internally of them trying to make another go with New Japan now that Hiroshi Tanahashi is the president. AEW New Japan have obviously a long working relationship that has become strong, which has led them to doing the AEW New Japan Forbidden Door pay-per-view for the last two years, and that will continue this year in 2024. And they also allow uh, a nice little talent exchange. AEW Talent Works New Japan and New Japan Talent Works AEW. Drew, why does WWE now all of a sudden, I know Vince McMahon kind of shut the door on working with anybody. They didn't really allow anybody in their sandbox. They were very selfish. But why now does Triple H and Nick Khan want other allies in the world of pro wrestling when seemingly they are the hottest they've been in nearly 25 years, WWE? Why not? Why not? Why not? You know, if if AEW continues to try and take shots or to have partnerships or whatever else and drive business that way, why wouldn't WWE want to be open to that? I think Triple H, Paul Levesque has always been open to that. I think there was a he roadblock has. with Vince McMahon. Yeah, he's want, so, he, I mean, he's wanted to do it with NXT when he was in charge of NXT and they didn't allow him to do that. I know yeah. Jushin Liger worked one of the NXT shows, the first Brooklyn show, I believe. He worked uh, Tyler Breeze, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, after that, it was never seen again. 
Yeah, and I think Triple H knows that there's more power with allies than there are with enemies. So I think that if he can get some of the star power that any company has working together, maybe not, you know, AEW because it seems like those two just, you know, it's like WWE and WCW, although, you know, would have loved to have seen that back in the day. It's what would have been best for business. They really can't cross streams. So um, I think Triple H is smart to do this, and I think he's been open for for a long time, but a lot of other companies couldn't play in Vince's sandbox. It's amazing, man. We could potentially see, uh, just thinking out loud, I'm not saying this is going to happen anytime soon, but, you know, WWE talent working at Tokyo Dome show, Randy Orton working Wrestle Kingdom or... Uh, or uh, who else over there? Seth Rollins maybe working at Wrestle Kingdom. I'm not saying that they'll, they'll be in the G1 or that we'll see an AEW, WWE Forbidden Door at some point. But, I mean, that would be pretty fucking cool. I mean, that itself would probably be bigger than the fucking Forbidden Door that AEW's got going on. Well, and that's the thing, right? I think WWE realistically probably lost Brian Danielson and some others because they wanted to work with Japan. Obviously, yes. you know, and so I think they wanted to work in New Japan and work some of that different style and stuff like that. So now if Triple H can dangle that carrot for some of his stars further down the road when they kind of want to wrap up their career and have that Wrestle Kingdom match, maybe they could have it now. Yeah. That'd be pretty smart. cool. It's smart. And you get a lot of people that are WWE loyalists or people who have never watched a Wrestle Kingdom pay-per-view turn to that pay-per-view and buy it. You know, I, I watched Wrestle Kingdom, but the first one I remember, like, clamoring for was Jericho Omega. Me too. Same thing. So there you go. A couple other pieces of news here, guys, and then uh, we will uh, see your Super Chats, unless Drew has anything that I haven't discussed here. MJF, we got a news article here on MJF. He could be out for close to a year if... He decides to get so shoulder surgery. Now, we don't know what MJF is going to do, and I know AEW is still playing up the fact that he's not signed. They took him off the roster page. They're really playing up into the whole storyline that he's a free agent. But this was also in the Observer newsletter. Dave Meltzer reported that MJF is hoping to have his injury heal through rehab rather than surgery because a surgery would put him out for months, and he was... Probably told, Meltzer says, that if he does get the surgery, he'll be out to close to a year, which he wants to avoid. Right now, MJF is out with a torn labrum and a hip injury. The labrum is more serious than the hip injury is. AEW cannot afford to have him out a full year. I wonder where the storyline's going to go if he is out for a year. But the thing is, Drew, we all know how important MJF is to AEW television. I think you and I both know, and the smart fans know, that he's not going anywhere. So it's not like he's going to show up in the Royal Rumble or show up at WrestleMania or show up in WWE on the Raw after Mania. He's there. But the thing with AEW is, though it's a huge blow, and it's never going to lessen, they got some top-tier talent that could take the ball and run with it in MJF's absence, and that alone should make Tony Khan feel just slightly, I'm not saying a lot more, but slightly more comfortable than MJF being out. Well, I think, and that's the reason why you're seeing the majority of this reset. I think Tony really has no choice here at times. The elite is banged up. Kenny's hurt. Um, you know, uh, the Bucks are doing whatever the Bucks are doing. Uh, Jericho is not really, and he's not part of the elite, but you know, the only guy that's really wrestling right now from that core group is Hangman Page. And I think with MJF and the injury, him being the hottest thing on AEW television for the past, you know, 400 days, uh, they needed a reset. And I, again, MJF's going nowhere, but I think that, you know, this is exactly what AEW needed. Um, I don't necessarily agree with MJF when he put out that like Players Tribune article when it was like there's MJF fatigue. I didn't really see it. I think MJF 
is a big reason why a lot of people you know tune into AEW, especially some WWE loyalists or some casuals. Um, so I think whenever he's ready to go, he will drastically help AEW's ratings. I think MJF said that because he takes great pride in his work and he's always open to listening to fan suggestions about which direction to go in. And I feel like he saw a lot of the criticisms online about how people preferred him as a heel, how great he was as a heel, and then he turned babyface and he never felt the same. I just think people didn't want to give him a chance because they had this interpretation of him and only him being a heel, but they didn't really understand how talented of an individual he was and where the storyline was potentially going with Adam Cole. I only wanted what they wanted. And I think that kind of beat MJF down and that's not really fair. Yeah. And I, again, I understand like a lot of people want MJF as a heel, this nasty dastardly heel. But again, uh, MJF was never going to be booed in long Island. I think that they, they, you know, uh, back booked that towards that event. And I think, you know, once the devil started popping up, we kind of knew and him and, and MJF and Adam Cole, I truthfully believe that Samoa, and I, again, you know, I don't know this for a fact, but I believe that Samoa Joe was going to be Adam Cole. And I think Adam Cole was going to win the world championship. And there was going to be a different type of reveal at world's end. It just never got there due to an unfortunate injury with Adam. Um, and I think AEW bookend backed you know that that pay-per-view with mjf's booking he was never going to be booed on long island mjf was never going to be booed on long island and i think that they did this to uh, show a different side of mjf and also with the understanding that okay we can have this mega match on long island but man mjf's not going to get booed in his hometown just like brett was never booed in canada yeah it wasn't I think Samoa Joe should have been Adam Cole at, at, and would have been Adam Cole had Cole not gotten hurt. Oh, absolutely. Adam Cole, Adam Cole, if Adam Cole wasn't injured, it would have been Adam Cole, MJF, and Adam Cole would have been the world champion. Absolutely. Yeah, and we would, and we would have had the turn and everything else like yep. that, and that would have been it. Yep. So. And then one final piece on my end here, and then I'll leave it up to Drew to see if he has anything else for us to talk about. Backstage news on why WWE hasn't announced The Rock in advance of recent appearances. So Meltzer reported this on the Observer Radio, and he explained the reason that his appearances are not announced in advance, and that is because The Rock doesn't care about ratings, but rather the pop that he gets from the crowd in attendance. Although The Rock is a businessman, coming back to do things with WWE is more fun than business-driven for Dwayne. Meltzer says, but also he's doing this for fun because he doesn't have to do it, and he's doing it for the excitement. Let me see the paycheck that he's getting, and uh, let, let's see if that answer changes over time. The type of thing, that's why he's come back on Monday. It wasn't announced at a time like if they had announced it ahead of time. I mean, the rating would have been much higher, much higher than it was. He was doing it because in that case, he wanted that pop because of the people in the building not knowing he was going to be there. And then all of a sudden, there he is. That's what he wants. Every time he comes back, they never announce it ahead of time. They'll do the little tease, but they won't do so uh, and they won't do the announcement, Melter stated. Uh, I mean, he's you know, right and wrong. I'll just state that he's right and wrong. Ooh, Melter. Yeah. What is he wrong about? He's right that Rock wanted a genuine surprise both times. Yeah. Rock has now called out Roman for the head of the table to a certain extent. Roman has ignored him. I don't believe that the Rock's next appearance will be announced. I do believe it'll either be after the Roman uh, Reigns match at the Rumble or somewhere along the lines. But after that, the Rock's next appearances for WWE will be heavily announced, heavily promoted so they can capitalize on it. But yes, Dave is right in terms of he wanted those first two appearances, he being Dwayne uh, The Rock Johnson, 
to be a surprise to get a genuine reaction out of the fans. Going forward after the Royal Rumble, if we see him as his last surprise, that will be it because WWE will look to capitalize on it. And um, to say that The Rock doesn't have to do this, he's right, but Rock is also going to get paid very, very well. And that's that's it. You know, a lot of people have had problems with X megastars coming back and stealing spotlights from the current crop of talent. And it seems like, and I like me some Dwayne, the rock Johnson, and this is a blockbuster match. It needs to happen. I don't care where it happens. It has to happen. It's good business for WWE. Let me reiterate that it's good business for WWE and it has to happen. It needs to happen. But the, the outrage that I saw given to other performers when they did this is minimal compared to the rock, just sliding in to a massive main event, whether it's at the chamber or WrestleMania. When other stars did this, they got so much shit, and the outrage was tremendous on social media and everywhere else, which is a small bubble. But, you know, this should have been done last year, Rock. Yeah, I'm sorry. This should have been done last year. I'm happy you're back. I love that you give back to the business, but I just feel like last year would have been the perfect time and place, and it seems to me like financials weren't it. Well, I mean, you could say that looking back in retrospect now with Cody and Roman, you could say the same thing about Cody winning the title last year. So we didn't have to talk about this and discuss this this year. And they could have did rock and Roman without the title being there. And they could have did it for the title of head of the table. They would have saved themselves a ton of headache, but you know, they wanted Roman to break this record and they wanted to tout Roman over here and, and do all this other shit record wise. They could have saved themselves a ton of headache. And my opinion still stands. I'm not changing my fucking opinion all season. Rock Roman elimination chamber. And then Cody and Roman at WrestleMania night two. I'm not changing my opinion at all. No, and I don't think you shouldn't. I mean, I think Rock and Roman at the chamber, um, it's not what a lot of people are going to want. I understand it's got WrestleMania written all over it. But, you know, um, it's, it's, it's a big stadium show. It's 60K. Yeah. Uh, it's Australia. For me, I think you do that because you could still tell the Cody story. I just, like I've said a million times, you know, Rock's not going to be on Backlash. Rock's not going to be on Money in the Bank. Rock's not going to be on SummerSlam, you know, hypothetically. So, and I understand the business at hand. The Rock attached to WWE is mega business and it needs to happen. If it happens at WrestleMania, cool. But I do believe we need to strike with Cody sooner rather than later because people are going to be disinterested shortly. Now, I don't know where everybody else feels about Roman and Rock. Uh, I asked you this, Drew. I know this was a big discussion, a uh, big discussion as well with Rock and Roman. In any situation, do you feel that Rock should beat Roman, whether the championship is on the line or not? Does Rock beat Roman if there is no title on the line, or does the Rock put Roman over as the head of the table? I, you know, it really depends here. Like, is this a one-off? Because if it's a one-off, then the Rock will do business with his cousin the right way because, you know, uh, he knows the business, you know, in and out. And he understands how it works and how things generate, and that's his passing of the torch. You know, there's a lot of things that scream that Rock would probably want this match at WrestleMania, but I think at the end of the day, Rock understands that his bump card is extremely limited and he can make a lot of money Regardless, so if they give him what he wants, money-wise, he'll probably do it in Saudi or at Elimination Chamber. Or you know, if, if his if his main focal point is WrestleMania, then so be it. Does the title need to be attached? For me, no. Should the Rock go over? If it's a one-off, no. If there's more than one match happening here, cool. You know, cool. I mean, we saw that with the uh, the Rock and John Cena, right? Yeah. Rock beat Cena, and then the next year, Cena beat the Rock. I don't know if that's going to happen here with the rock. I truthfully do not. I think, I don't think the rock 
can do that. I don't think he can commit to two years realistically because I think there's a lot going on in his world. So, yeah, I hope it's a one-off, uh, one and done, and then uh, Roman gets put over, and uh, he is uh, the one that ends The Rock's career. That's just my opinion and, there. And I and I think The Rock would be down for that. I also believe that the outcome of that match will be very telling to where WWE is headed with The Rock and their relationship. If it's a, a Roman win and a Rock handshake and a hug and a raising of the arm, I think Rock's done done. If it's a schmaz finish where we don't get a clear winner, it's a DQ or something, or, you know, Rock lays out Roman at the end of it, or Rock wins, then there's obviously more business ahead of us. Pay attention. That's all I got on my end, man. If you got anything uh, over there for us to talk about before we get into the Super Chats, it's all yours. Well, I want to uh, touch on the whole Roman Rock stuff. Pay attention to the match order of the Royal Rumble. Like where the, where that match fits, where it falls on the card. I think I've talked about this before with you guys and JD. Yep. If that match is the main event, watch out. That's all I'll say. Roman usually and, opens the show or ends the show. No in between. And that's the thing. You know, if you really want to like pop the crowd and everything else like that, like get great. I mean, opening is, is, is another thing, but I could see the men's Royal Rumble opening or the women's Royal Rumble opening. It's not the first time a world heavyweight championship closing out the rumble, uh, would happen. It's happened before. Happened last year. They did uh, Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns at the end of the show, didn't they? Uh, last I think that was the year. way they went off the air. No. Yes, you're right. And Sammy yeah. and they, yeah, you are right. A um, couple things I have. Uh, Andrade El Idolo pulled from an indie event, Game Changer Wrestling GCW, and the event is January 12th in Chicago. Again, normally when this stuff huh. happens, they are pretty much signed seals delivered WWE. I mean, you know, we all knew Andrade's headed back to WWE, but I think now more than ever, if they're pulling him from a January 12th event, a, re a return might be imminent or it's for the rumble. So that he doesn't get hurt because they really want to put him in the Royal rumble yeah. and not have him potentially be injured. Cause that's a big surprise. Your thoughts. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not surprised by that at all. I actually did not know he was working the GCW show uh, in January, but uh I mean, if they pulled him from that show, it's it's pretty severe. And uh, by severe, I mean, uh, like you said, he's either going to show up on TV. But I do think that the, the the right opportunity to use him and debut him back in front of that audience is to have him come out in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that's the, uh, the right call. Um, Kevin Nash talked on... Um, his podcast, uh, this click this. And he said, I almost felt like this segment with the rock and Jinder Mahal was photoshopped. I got a weird vibe from the whole segment until Dwayne got out there and cut the, sometimes I eat at the bar. I'd much rather eat at the table, maybe the head of the table. After being asked by his co-host, Sean Oliver, if he thought Mahal's opening promo of the in-ring segment didn't fit with the current product, Nash responded by saying, it just felt like the modern day rod Maharaja was fodder. Last uh, Later, Nash said that uh, Mahal did a good job overall, even though the former champion hadn't appeared on television for some time, but he just felt like it was out of place until the final say, uh, segment, like statement there from The Rock. Do you agree or disagree? Did he feel out of place? I mean, um, the the promo, did it kind of feel like, like okay, what is, like The Rock? Like He came back, basically, you know, uh, like Seth Rollins said, put, Jinder Mahal's balls in a vice, and then at the end kind of was just like, oh, by the way, I'm here to call out The Rock. Did the opening stuff kind of feel weird? Could he have just rock-bottomed Jinder and said what he said at the end? Uh, it did It did feel a little off. It, it, it did. Um, 
Not a big fan of Jinder Mahal's promo style. I think he just kind of rambles on, and it just feels like a complete run-on promo with no real substance. I, I didn't really care for it. I, I honestly didn't even care for The Rock's promo. I thought it was typical Rock. Nothing was really funny. I thought a bunch of it was recycled from his Austin Theory promo back in September. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really care for it at all. I mean, it was the one line that we all kind of uh, latched onto. I'm going to sit at the head of the table, blah, blah, blah. Fine. Um, but I do feel like... Maybe this was an introduction. Maybe it was bigger than just what they did with The Rock. Maybe they're trying to get Jinder back on TV. Uh, I don't know if they really want to integrate him into TV. Maybe maybe it all means something in the in the longer sense. I, I don't know. Like he's wrestling Rollins. Is he going to be on TV? They're going to use him weekly on TV. I don't know. I, I don't really care for him. But I mean, he's a he's a solid hand that they're just keeping backstage to do nothing. No Indus share. Where are they? Are they opting to use Mahal now? I, you know, I don't know. I think it's a person that, you know, obviously they they now have gender, has a world championship match on Monday Night Raw. So I think it's kind of like a, hey, here's a here's a nudge for you since you really took one on the chin with The Rock. I Yeah. You know, I don't know. I wanted to ask you about Monday Night Raw, too. I know you did a review show, so we won't, you know, sit here and bore the viewers with that. But what did you think of Raw overall as I'm going to give my rundown after you kind of uh, talk about what you thought? Uh, I thought it was... um. I thought it was a ho-hum show, man. It just felt like it was there. Nothing particularly important happened. Like you said, I, I don't know what football game was on last night that they kind of felt like they just put whatever on for three hours and they knew that they had their uh, their ass handed to them. Nothing really felt important. I mean, CM Punk and Drew McIntyre, if you watch that, you really didn't miss anything else on the rest of the show. More all-truth comedy, that's fine. I know uh, we all kind of know where that's going. Cody and Nakamura, I'm glad it's potentially over at this point. I don't know where they go with Nakamura. Uh, Gunther, I said this on my show last night. I don't know if they're setting Jay Uso up for Gunther. I don't know where they're going with that. You know, nothing, again, particularly important happened, but it wasn't a bad show. It's just, you know, it was just there. It just existed. His absence, Gunther, is uh, definitely uh, yeah. needed. Like, it's missed. He's missed. He's Sammy Zayn, too. Sammy Zayn's not on the show, and he's yeah. missed, too. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, my quick thoughts on Monday Night Raw, just because, you know, JD does a review show, so we don't sit here and kind of bounce off each other. But, you know, I saw you going after, I don't know if it was you or somebody else. I want to say it was you. You know, I saw that Punk and Seth don't need the world championship attached to us. Like, go start Marvel's on the freeway. That is the only thing that needs a world championship between those two is is P Punk and Seth. Like, that match has to have the World Heavyweight Championship attached to it. I agree. It has to be at WrestleMania. Like, I, I don't understand that. I love what they're doing with DIY. Um, I think that they could either win the titles at the Rumble or win the titles at Mania. It'll be interesting to see how we get the split from Judgment Day um, with them holding the tag team titles. I, I pray the Cody Nakamura stuff is done. Um, Singles-wise, they could have an interaction in the Rumble, but no more singles-wise. And Cody kind of got that comeuppance. The Drew Punk segment for me was good, but it was almost like, I, I mean, that it, again, good, but basically these two guys just going at each other for, you know, who's going to win the Royal Rumble? And then, like, is that going to lead to a singles match at Chamber? Like, I just don't understand that, truthfully. Maybe Cody, maybe Cody wins the Rumble, challenges mm -hmm. Roman Reigns, and then Punk and uh, McIntyre kind of meet again in the Chamber, and then they do the Chamber yeah. for Rollins title match. Who knows? That could work. And I think the R Truth stuff is brilliant. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. I, don't, I again, I don't know where it's leading with Miz and R Truth and and, and Awesome Truth. I think. Right now, the Miz needs R Truth, and a Miz tag team with R Truth would actually probably be the most entertaining the Miz has been. To be honest with you, 
Not to mention the other side of this whole thing. Ludwig Kaiser saw, I mean, what a aggressive showing by him yeah. kind of like really beating the hell out of Kofi. That's interesting to see what happens when Gunther comes back with him and Ludwig. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some good stuff. I mean, they got some, uh, some long-term developments on raw, but last night it just felt like a, a blah show, but uh, yeah. I think we're all waiting I for agree. the Royal rumble, honestly. And after yeah. the Royal rumble, things are going to definitely pick up. Cause then you're going to know where the rock sits and where Cody sits and where punk sits. And it's, it's going to be good stuff. Yeah, I agree. Guys, that is basically all we got as far as the news portion of the show. We're going to get into the Super Chats in just a moment. I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us on your Tuesday nights. We had almost 2,800 people in here at one point, and we have 912 likes. If you guys can hit that thumbs up, I'd love for us to get to 1,000, man. If you enjoy the show, please show your support by hitting the thumbs up. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at JD from NY206 and at Andrew Bedella on X. Also on Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo as far as I'm concerned. Uh, make sure you guys go check out all the other content on my channel. And please make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below and continue to turn on the bell, man. Make sure you are notified of everything that happens here. I will be live tomorrow with the AW Dynamite post. As usual, as AEW is emanating from Daly's place. Big show, matches, big matches that Tony Khan's put on. A lot of tag team matches tomorrow night, but it's supposedly their homecoming show. So, Claudio's Wrestling Hangman should be a banger. We, we have a new NXT North American champion. I read it's uh, Oba. Oba, whatever his name is. I don't, I'm don't. i not really familiar with him. I haven't watched any of the breakout tournament, but apparently people are high on him. Yeah, I mean, him and Odyssey Jones, man. I yeah. like both of them. Yeah. All right, guys, who's uh, first? Michael Krause with the $2 Super Chat. Great podcast last night. Thank you, JD. Thank you, Michael. Glad you're in the chat, brother. Jamal Turney with a four ninety nine. Will you guys be watching Edge in Percy Jackson tonight? No, sir. No. Champion Channel with a $5 Super Chat. Jinder Mahal is my new favorite guy. Thank you, Tony. Now focus on your own talent instead of trending... WWE guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, he got both companies, both stars from both companies to uh, react to it. Yep. And like I said, it did a ton of impressions. So I don't I don't think Tony's like uh, an idiot. I think he's got a little bit of evil genius in him. MGM balling with the 499. Days like today make me hate the IWC. Thank you, JD and Drew, for being voices of reason on days like this. Shout out to Jesse too. Glad he's back tomorrow. Thank you, Ballin. Uh Yeah, it's a little, uh, it's a little stressful in the IWC during uh, days like today, man. But, you know... We're all looking for something. We're all thirsty for some content. And uh, AEW, Tony Khan gave it to us. So there you go. Yeah, I'm just happy, just happy to be here, truthfully. Sean with the 16 months. JD, thank you for all that you do. Love OTS. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate you, man. Armando with a 10 months. JD Drew, do you think WWE will ever book a tournament like WrestleMania 4? And who would be your Randy Savage in both men and women's tournaments? I choose Gunther and Tiffany Stratton. I don't believe we will see a like WrestleMania or Deadly Games tournament that is a whole pay-per-view with a world title attached to it. But if I had to pick, um, I would go Gunther and I would go... Yeah, I'd have to say the same. I mean, it sounds... I, I, I hate to do that, but i go Gunther and... Uh... Yeah, Rhea. I'll go Rhea. Uh, Gunther for sure. Um, and I can't really uh, deny Tiffany Stratton. She's one of my favorites there as far as the ladies are concerned. Scott Woodford with 10 months. Tony Khan needs to stop. I'm not shocked, by the way. 
Great hog show Saturday, JD. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you, Scott. I uh, was not too pleased with the uh, quality of the sound coming out of the hog show, but uh, hopefully we'll rectify that. When, I don't think uh, anybody should be... I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, well, we got Mu- Mustafa Ali on March 3rd, so... Mustafa Ali. Yeah, Mustafa, um, yeah. I don't think anybody should be surprised at what Tony Khan does on social media anymore because I don't think Tony Khan gives a shit what you or I or anybody else thinks about what he does on social media because he's done it time and time again. Yeah. Again, is it something that I would do as, as an owner and executive? Probably not, but that's what makes the world go round. And Tony, I think, knows what he's doing. Yeah. Again, just dissect what he what he did. I mean, he put out that tweet and then immediately tags Hook to promote the Smell Joe match. So, yeah. And again... Before his tweet, he did four hundred or three hundred and fifteen thousand impressions. After that tweet, he did three point five million. It's crazy. And two point one million. So yeah. Uh, Cake with the two dollar super chat. Some people say TK stop. Then there's me. I love it. Listen, man, it's entertaining stuff. Uh, people are people love what Tony Khan does. There are people that don't like what Tony Khan does. Like Drew said, I don't think Tony Khan's gonna give a shit whether you like it, I or me or he likes it. He doesn't give a shit. No, he's got to make money. He's got to get the media rights deal. He's got to generate revenue. And whether we agree with the tactics or not, that's that's for him to decide. Jason Barker, thank you again, brother, for the $100 Super Chat. Uh, Drew did have a spaces on Friday when I was not able to be live for SmackDown. And uh, apparently Jason enjoyed the conversation over there. Yeah, we did, you know, 2,200 people on an hour whim. That we're going live with the spaces because I knew JD was uh, busy. So I appreciate the love and support. And I think that just shows just how big of an influence we currently have in this landscape. Myself and JD work our asses off for you guys. And we're glad you're enjoying it. Uh, Jason, thank you, brother. Delightful entertainment with a 199. Tony is just too immature to run a billion dollar company. Izzy. I think, I think that's easy for me and you to say yeah. sitting here, truthfully. Billy with the 100. Thank you guys again for the two $100 super chats. Yeah. Uh, I uh, listen, man. I think again, it's always 50 50 with me here, especially leading to uh, Mercedes joining AEW with all the rumors that have happened. But I do think that we uh, have a 50 50 chance of seeing her tomorrow. I just think that's something around the homecoming and that big women's match and, you know, her being there kind of just makes sense. So, especially after today's uh, little scuffle on social media, I can see Tony Khan saying, you know what, man? Fuck you. Mercedes is coming out tomorrow. Again, I think, you know, hate to label him as like an evil genius, but I mean, you know, Tony could really embrace this role too and just be this piece of shit on television too if yeah. he wanted to be. Uh, TK Banks with the $10 Super Chat. You thought CM Punk and The Rock was the monkey wrench. Nah, nah. Jinder is the real monkey wrench. Give him the Punjabi or Panjabi MC Jay-Z is his theme song Ginger just uh, got turned into a baby face that's a banger that is song's it? a banger oh yeah no man I don't please, want to play please, it on here please please hinder the gender okay El Mase with a 20 thank you brother TK should pull the ultimate counter to gender higher top dollar have him call swerve the third match against Hangman and book we have a long term booking feud from the shit row days now, anywhere, anywhere top dollar is I don't want to be, okay? He's already in impact. EV with a $2 super jab. Book chamber, guys, wronged by bloodline, Cody included. 
I could see that being the case. Uh, we won't know until we get a Royal Rumble winner on uh, the 29th. So we'll yeah. find out then. It's a good way to get people in the chamber from both brands. We got uh, Jarrett Howard with a $2 super job. Book Mahal like the Iron Sheik if you want a real heel. Listen, man, Ginger's got, work, some, Ginger's got some real fucking fans out there, man. It's crazy to see. Well, he had a, I, I, whether you hated it or not, is irrelevant whether I hate it or not is irrelevant or liked it. I mean, he had a he had a successful WWE championship run in terms of profitability. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they were trying to launch something in India. Was it my cup of tea? No, but I thought Jinder was a really good heel. I'll give him that. I mean, did he yeah. almost cripple SmackDown? Sure, but I mean, we'll let that one slide. Uh, Zero with a $20 super chat. Jinder wins the title from Seth, and Kali wins the Royal Rumble. Kali versus Jinder main event at WrestleMania 40. Oh, my God. Oh, I got to get out. I got to get I'm out I'm there. I'm there. I'm there with tomatoes in hand. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, man. Deontay Smith with a $5 super chat. Not a fan of TK's antics, but people are overreacting. Did we forget Vincent DX in a tank to Nitro for a ratings grab? Anything for eyeballs? Like Drew said, man, he got 3 million impressions on that one tweet. I mean, he's doing something right. Eric Bischoff called out Vince McMahon for a fight at Uncensored. Yeah. Come on now. Frank Marano with a $5 super chat. Crazy idea. Seth versus Priest at the Rumble. Seth wins and Priest cashes in after the loss. Gets that briefcase out of the stories. So Seth has a match with Priest for the championship. Priest doesn't have to cash in his, his money in the bank to get that opportunity? No. Yeah, I think we get Seth, Seth and Priest at the Rumble, but... Uh... I think it'll be Seth trying to get his title back. I think we may see something on Monday. Fixes a bind with a $10 super chat. I was never an AEW versus WWE guy until the punk firing happened. The anti-punk folks with the misreporting and punk bashing made it personal for me. And toxic fans tend to push me to total polarization. I don't blame you there, man. It's uh, it's a little wild out here, man. It, it's it really fucks with somebody's perception of the product for sure. If you love pro wrestling, you probably will end up hating pro wrestling if you're on Twitter. Uh, pro wrestling sports entertainment is better with Phil Brooks, CM Punk, and uh, Kazama Fury with 17 months covered Dynamite last week as an EMT. So much backstage talent was absent. The crowd was significantly less. Looked like a split roster with Collision. That's interesting. Well, it was it was it was New Year's, guys. Also, please take that into consideration. Tony Khan gave a lot of talent off, and a lot of talent yeah. is hurt as well. Yeah, I think um, I th- we need that split though from Collision yeah. and Dynamite. Like, I I really would like to know who I'm getting and what I'm getting on yeah. Collision. You know, uh, Michelle with a two in AWWW. Which two would you turn heel and face? Uh, well, I would turn Rhea into a baby face. That's number one, easy. I don't know about you, man. Yeah. Yeah, Ray. Lucky Jail with a 499. Are you both going to the Rumble? If so, will there be a meet and greet? Um, Lucky, we've been going back and forth on it. We don't know what we're doing yet, but Drew's got media, and uh, he more than likely will be there. I'm trying to figure out logistics. The one thing that we want to nail down is a post-show live after the Rumble, but we're still trying to figure that out. If not, we'll think about Revolution. Uh, Joseph with a 499. Abaddon did not have a match on TV after 10-27-2021 until 10-25-2023 and got a title match after winning one match on TV in two years. Tony is a hypocrite. Yes, Joseph. Tony does the same thing that he accused WWE of doing. I don't think he realizes it. Hollywood guy with a $5 super chat. Do you think Cody's booking matches 
do, do, do you think that Cody's booking matches Daniel Bryan's? I mean, he wanted challenges until Daniel won the title and then the yes movement began or not. I don't know what you mean there, bro. He's booking matches Daniel Bryan's? What does that mean? There's no more Daniel Bryan. It's Bryan Danielson. And he's in Is Japan he trying right to say now. that Cody's booking is similar to Daniel Bryan's? Like, because they, Maybe. you know, I don't, I don't know. I No, I, I guess, you know. I don't know. Cody better watch out for The Rock. That's all. Uh, listen, if Cody gets involved with The Rock, I don't know. Cody's going to really uh, come out on the better end of that one. Uh, add, thousand uh, likes. Thousand likes. There you go. We just hit it. Um, we got a 279 super chat from Adam. I'm not going to yell it because I don't want to scream and wake up my cat. 279. Thoughts on the R-Truth segment. Found it hilarious. Well, Drew said he loved it. Yeah, I mean, I, Truth is a gem and he's making, you know, great content. He will be the reason why the Judgment Day is uh, split and Damian Priest turns into a babyface. Uh, Clint Bond with a $5 super jab. Bischoff has no high ground from cribbing of the NWO gimmick from a UFW New Japan angle to shadily reading raw results from taping on Nitro plus many more. Yeah, he's got no room to talk, man. He's, he did more nefarious things than Tony Khan could ever dream of doing. There's your SAT word for the day, folks. Nefarious. Yeah. Tay Tay with a four, uh, 199. Are, are any of you guys an Oba feminist? What? I don't know what that is. Man, I don't, you, you NXT guys, man, you're fucking weird. Tay Tay, I'm not talking about you, but you, you NXT geeks, man. You, you, I don't know, it's a different vibe down there, man. Not uh, not my black and gold type vibe. Uh, Adam with the 279. Any plans coming to Toronto for Money in the Bank? One thing at a time, Adam. One thing. I've never been to Toronto. I'd love to go, so we'll see. Ooh, Toronto's fun. Uh, Chris, you with can the drive to Toronto from New York, by the way. Yeah, I know, but I'm not going to. Okay. Um, Chris with a 499. What's up, JD? Your question for both of you. What's your prediction for the location of WrestleMania 41? I'll leave this up to this guy here. I think it's down to Vegas and Minnesota. There you go. Entrepreneur Daily with a 199. Do you think Roman will open or close the Royal Rumble? Well, close. It's very interesting. It's either going to be one of the two. Uh, not Jordy, 499. Three guys from Raw, three guys from SmackDown in the chamber. What do you think? All people that were screwed by Roman Reigns in the bloodline. Uh, I'll give you my three. I think LA Knight, SmackDown. I think AJ Styles, and I think Randy Orton. Yep. I think the Raw guys are Cody Rhodes. Sami Zayn and Jey Uso. Yes. Because Punk will have already won the Rumble. That's. It seems like that's where they're headed. Uh, Phil with a 999. Great show as always, fellas. I think people need to understand that. Gone are the days of a monopoly in pro wrestling. WWE's better because AEW exists and vice versa. Stay safe and God bless. Thank you, Phil. Yeah. And uh, thank you for the OTS hoodie, man. It looks great on it. Yeah. Uh, Nate with a 10. Jinder Mahal versus Tony Khan, steel cage match. Kali versus Almas, 60 minute Iron Man match. And if Cody doesn't say the fact that Dwayne is in the main event of WrestleMania and I'm not makes me sick, he shouldn't win the belt. Guys, there is I'm, not enough alcohol no. or substances for me to watch any of those matches. No, I was just about to say the same thing. And Furious Nation with 27 months. What's up, JD and Drew? Great show as always. Rock Roman Elimination Chamber. Roman Cody at WrestleMania is what I'm sticking with. And that is the right way. Happy New Year. No complaints out of me, man. That's what I'm sticking with. All right, man. That was everything. What do you got? Get the hell out of here. Nothing 
just stop making big deals about who's getting title shots and who's not. It's professional wrestling. Like to try and compare it to like professional sports is crazy. Wrestling's fixed. Professional sports, you know, from what we know, are not. So just enjoy the product you're putting out. Somebody wins a no more contenders match. Somebody doesn't. Whatever. They're granted opportunities. Who cares? Enjoy the entertainment. Guys, thank you so very much for all your support. If you enjoyed today's uh, live stream, please hit that thumbs up. We're over 1,000 likes. Thank you for that. Thank you for all the support via the Super Chats. Follow us on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Follow Drew at Andrew Baydala on X. And go and check out all the other content on the channel. There is plenty of it. We'll be back next week with the 30th episode of TNT. Hopefully you guys enjoyed, and we will see you next Tuesday right here on TNT. See you guys later.